0: I mean, my heart's beating, my heart's beating, my hands are shaking,
1: my hands are shaking, but I'm still shooting, I'm still getting the headshot, just like, boom, headshot, boom, headshot, boom, headshot. Just gonna send it. guys I'm actually literally just getting back connected with the uh with their guest. Alright, I got you, Chris. I just the intro music just went out. So uh give me a second I'll bring you on. So uh welcome back to another episode of Just a Sent podcast. Uh quick announcement. I've got today I received the order of t shirts. So I have a l- limited number. Um I've got three different colors but I'm not sure how many of each color that I have at the moment. So basically you need to email me at just FN send it PC at gmail.com. You need to say, Hey, I need this size. I mostly have largest, extra larges, and double XLs. I do have a few, uh, three, uh, like a handful of three XLs from the last run of t-shirts. Um, but they're high quality t-shirts uh and uh but if you're large, extra large, 2x you're you're in luck. Um I've got white, uh like a desert tan colored and an OD green color. Uh the the 3XLs that I have from the last run, they're more of like a uh I don't know, a slate color maybe. Um but they're like I said they're all high quality t-shirts and uh, the only thing different in them now is the logo. It doesn't have, when all else fails, dot, dot, dot on the front. It just has the lo- small logo on your uh, left breast where the a pocket would be, and then the large logo on the back. Um, they are, uh, look, I could not get these at the same price as I did the last time, so just I'm really not making anything on these. So it's 35 bucks shipped for the T-shirts for the the ones that I've got now. So if you want one, uh, shoot me an email, and I'll definitely throw in a sticker, uh, throw in a sticker with the uh, or two with the uh, t-shirts. Uh, let me know what you got. If you, if I do not have a shirt in that size, then I will let you know and uh, maybe go a size up or a size down. So anyway, just hit me up there. But tonight's guest, guys, is, I mean, if you've been shooting precision rifle for the last year and a half and you don't know who Chris Way is then you really haven't been paying attention to to really what's going on with precision rifle because Chris has uh, he's been doing he's been doing, making a lot of moves. Chris has got Riflecraft uh, going on which is an awesome resource and he's been on multiple podcasts. He won the 2-day uh, NRL match down at Rifles Only uh, back in 20, was that 2020,
0: 2019,
1: Chris? I, I don't know. It was before COVID. <laughs> right, I think, when, I think was. it was 2019 is when that was. So, uh, and, and then I just lost him again. So it might be that, look, Chris, Chris is on his way to a match right now. And so uh, he's on the road in the mountains in Colorado somewhere. So you're going to have him, uh, hear him calling, uh, me calling him back a couple of times. <laughs> Hey, if it keeps happening, it's sure. fine. We're still recording, so it's no big deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, if we get cut off again, then I'll just call you right back. But, yeah, you're, I, just, I just mentioned when the phone was ringing that you're in the mountains driving in Colorado right now, and there's a good chance yeah, you're going to get cut off.
0: Yeah, I'm driving across Colorado to get to uh, – there's a PRS match in, in Grand Junction. And I live in Colorado, but I live on the other side of the mountain. So this, this might be the first podcast ever done somebody driving through the i-70 corridor so you might be making like the guinness book of world records
1: well what will be really impressive is if we actually get all of this wrapped up and done while you're going through the i-70 corridor and doesn't get cut short <laughs> so because mountains yeah. and phones typically don't match yeah, you know, they don't mix really yeah. Well. so yeah this yeah, is sure. for everybody to know um this is like one of the most impromptu podcasts that I think I've done so far. Um, so I I call I, I emailed Chris yesterday, right? I emailed you yesterday, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, I want to talk to you about a couple of things because yeah, you know, uh, Chris has the uh, uh, Straight Dope podcast that you can get on Podbean, you can get it on uh, Spotify, uh, probably multiple platforms." And it is, it is a, a kick-ass podcast. And we'll, we'll get into that and the reasons why it's a kick-ass podcast. But anyway, there's a couple things I want to talk to Chris about. So I, I shot him an email. I'm not on social media. You all know that. Um, so if it was other than smoke signals uh, or a text message, uh, email is my only form of, of communication with the outside world. Uh, I kind of like it that way. But I, I don't have Chris's. Well, I do now. But I didn't have Chris's phone number. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just go to Riflecraft and do the contact Little uh, link or whatever, and got his email, and I said, "I'm shoot him an email," and then immediately Chris, you know, emailed me back, and because I put my phone number in there, and he texted me, "Hey, it's Chris." I was like, "Cool." So I, I gave him a shout. We talked for what a good forty forty five minutes yesterday afternoon. Uh, Probably. Yeah. Uh, we're go- I, look, we we need to repeat a lot of our conversation last night, which I'm sure we'll do. Um, because our conversation yesterday could have been the first half of this podcast and it'd been great. Um but yeah. anyway, so and then he was like and I was like, "Hey, look, I I've, I've got to get you on the podcast. You got to come on and 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 we got to make it happen." And you're like, "Yeah, that's great. I'm I, I got a long trip three hour drive to a PRS match tomorrow. I was like, well shit, I got jiu-jitsu and then after that we're good to go. So I literally I have nothing c- prepared and and this is just gonna be the Just F and Senate style of podcast where it's just two guys talking and and uh and hope you guys enjoy the conversation and uh enjoy the ride. So uh, I literally went to Jiu-Jitsu. I taught kids class, went to dinner, got a bite of eating a beer and then I literally walked in the door, came straight up into the upper room, and and called Chris. Hooked up, hooked up all the podcast gear, and and here we are. So you, you guys are literally getting a completely organic conversation between two guys who happen to love precision rifle, all things shooting. So hell yeah, pre- prepare. So anyway, so Chris, um, first of all. What what match are you? What match is it? And tell me a little bit about what you're doing this weekend.
0: Uh, so there's a um, it's a it's a PRS. Um, I don't shoot a lot of PRS. I, I mean, I shoot a lot of everything, but but I don't. This, I think it's my fourth PRS match. Um, it's at Cameo, and
1: um, oh, so you're shooting at Cameo?
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Doug Doug Koenig.
1: Yes. I think is yeah. great his name
0: is, is hosting yeah. it. He shoots and for
1: um, he's he. <laughs> it's funny. Not to interrupt, but Doug is really at mostly any PRS match that you go to. If Doug is there, Doug is probably the only actual professional shooter there <laughs> because he actually is a professional shooter. Unlike awesome. you know the guys that win. You know, we, we call we use the word pro shooter so loosely. So it's like yeah. okay, a guy that goes and travels all over the country shooting matches and you know, wins a, a large handful of those matches. Oh, he's a pro shooter. We use that we've we've accepted that term to to fit that description. That's yeah, really it's a not a description. Up, right? It is. It's not look, Those guys have jobs that are, yeah. they're real jobs, that's their real profession. Doug is that guy. He is that professional shooter and a phenomenal shooter. Let me tell you something. He will hurt your feelings with that fucking RPR. I mean, (laughs) I I hate, I hate Ruger RPRs, but motherfucker, that guy can absolutely ruin your weekend with that, with that RPR. Oh man. So you're in for a good, you're in for a good match. If, if Doug is, Doug is a shooter shooter. So if, if it's his match, then you're going to, you're going to have a good course of fire. So, you know, that's awesome. i still fortunate.
0: The only thing that I look for with a match is that the style that it is, I want it to be like the biggest and the baddest because I don't want to go to a match and not have guys like you just described there, you know, like you hear about, um, I mean, I, you don't know. I don't know if it's true, but, You know, I, I do lots of field shooting and, and running and shooting and team stuff. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just, if you've heard anything that I've talked on, I love the idea of just shooting anything and being able to function pretty well or good with with any system. And I don't want to specialize in anything in particular, but like as a ruler, how do you know where you have room to improve unless you go and see how the best shooters in that style do. So like you don't go expecting, I'm going to go kick ass just go see how it is. And And if somebody, you know, let's say you shoot, whatever you shoot. And then you compare yourself to to whoever won and you go, shit, that there's a big gap for me to fill in terms of skill. And, and, and that gives you a really cool perspective. I think of a, how good people are that do specialize and then B how much you have to grow and learn to be able to work in all these different uh, disciplines. So to me, that that's really exciting. And I met Doug at a Hunter match, um, It's actually pretty funny. I was at a hunter match in Wyoming and I had this chest rig with my binoculars in it, but I didn't have the loop around my neck and I was running up a hill and it was really rocky and it, my binoculars bounced out and landed on a rock and it chipped, it chipped the glass and so the range finder wouldn't work. So at those matches, you have to range your own targets. So I was walking back to the car, kind of dejected a little bit after the first day and he was sitting on the bumper. He goes, man. You look like you're about to cry or something like that. And, and I'm like, man, check this out. And and he, you know, asked around, and I think he helped get me a pair of binoculars for the next day. And um, I didn't know who it was. And, and 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 then after after he had left, somebody said, oh yeah, you know. And then I heard him on a podcast saying that he was going to run a magic cameo. And I, I couldn't make it uh, what, the last time they ran it, but they bring like an ice cream truck up there and have a good time. And so I kind of put it on my calendar. I got to go to this guy's PRS match and, you know, allegedly it sells out and all the top shooters go. So I'm really excited to go uh, and see, you know, what, what, what these amazing shooters can do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been impressed by the speed and accuracy of, of the PRS style. You know, it's not, it's certainly not my specialty. In fact, it's one of my weaknesses, but, but I do admire the ability to, you know, get through 10 positions in 90 seconds um, and actually hit stuff is it's pretty amazing. Um, so hopefully there's going to be some of that, and hopefully, you know, I get to watch some folks who know how to do that really well, kick ass and, and teach me a couple lessons.
1: Yeah, and the, the aside from that, if you're not aware, Cameo is... Quite possibly one of the most. From what I, I've never, obviously never been there. I've never stepped foot in the state of Colorado. But uh, I, what from what I hear, and what I've read and, and ever seen, it is one of the most scenic ranges. That mm-hmm. you you'd be happy going there. Not even with a rifle. I mean, of course, you'd want one where you're there. But just you know, man, have you ever been somewhere like it's not a shooting venue? You're like, fuck, I, this would be an awesome place to have a range or awesome place to shoot, right? so you'd feel that way but it is an absolutely i've I've seen pictures and it's absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous so to me that just adds to the whole i mean that adds to the whole experience of i mean that's why i like um for the southeast i like pig river because it is very pretty and even peacemaker i mean peacemaker in um west virginia is is also you know very scenic it's i mean i love the mountains when i'm when I'm in mountains, I feel, I feel like that's where I belong. I feel like, I mean, I'm an East coast, I'm an hour and a half from the beach. So, I mean, I love the water. I love the ocean, but I just feel like in my soul that I belong in the mountains. Like that's where I feel at home. If does that make sense? I mean, somewhere you've never, you know what I'm saying? I I don't, I don't know how to explain that, but my wife knows that. I mean, I've said it forever. Like when I'm in the mountains, I feel like a even driving through them, I just feel like I'm I'm where I belong. I feel like I'm supposed to be like living the mountains or something. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> C- Cameo Cameo is a kick ass place. So, and then you add Doug as the match director, and and the target package that they have at Cameo it, It's going to be a good weekend. And I promise you, with all those things combined, like fucking Cat and Planet, you're going to have all of the damn shooters on the west coast and some from the east coast probably are going to be at i haven't even looked i mean i could probably check it out on practice score right now see who's signed up or whatever but uh i can't imagine that some of the best guys aren't going to be there this weekend so you're you're in for a trip yeah
0: yeah so you're right and if i look for something that, that that's what it's for it's not you know it's just you know i feel like you know, matches just be good kind of yardstick for where you've got spaces to fill in during training or practice or something like that, you know, and, 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 and just going and kind of being open. House. I mean, you know, we all do this for fun. So it's easy to forget. I think when you're doing something that you've invested a lot of time in that, that like in reality, like we're just doing it for fun. And if we could feel a little bit like kids rather than taking it super serious, because like you pointed out, like it's nobody's job or very few people's job to shoot and some, some people kind of, you know, go a little, I mean, you know, they're, they're allowed to, you it. it's, it's their right well, to do it. But but I think it's a little I, bit as shitty
1: to have. Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. They put too much pressure on themselves, like they're yeah. on TV and their next paycheck is going to be based off of, like, their performance that day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you
0: know, again, like I've done stuff where, you know, shit, you know, I've been on, on TV shows and stuff. And I knew like, okay, this is you know, I'm doing this because, you know, I got to earn money versus going and and trying to have fun. But, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I haven't shot as many PRS because it it costs a lot to travel to because we don't get them in Colorado very often. It's really expensive to go. And, and some, sometimes the intensity level is a little bit too much. for Like I, I can be kind of like a, you know, I grew up surfing and skating and I can be kind of like a surf punk, like, uh, a little bit snarky about, like, holy fuck, dude, like, some of these people spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year to go, and, like, you know, like, it means anything that you shot 20 matches a year, uh, you know, and, and then you take your best three scores, like, give me a fucking break, right? I mean, yeah,
1: I mean, it, it, it was just about getting points.
0: You know, I, I had a, I had an interesting conversation with, with, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to throw him under the bus here, but he's like, you know, the, the real trick for that is, is you get on practice score and you look at all the matches that nobody's going to go to, and then those are the ones that you sign up for. And occasionally, you know, somebody else will sign up last minute. Or you sign up as a woman, you know, like, because I guess nowadays <laughs> guys, can, you know, guys can sign up as women. Or you can sign up. And, and, and I guess PRS has, like, yeah, it's levels. 2022. You can sign up as, it's
1: 2022. It's yeah, 2022, Chris. Can, you can identify yeah. who the fuck you want to be. Sign up as a fucking Yeah, I'm going
0: to Yeah, I'm going to sign up as, like, uh, you know, I'm the, I'm the junior, top junior, semi-pro female. And I'm going to get a trophy. And it's like, man, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of not into some of that, but on the other hand, like, fuck, I had fun shooting. Like, it, it doesn't matter to me what somebody else thinks about it. But, but the squad does affect the, the, um, the event to a certain extent. But fortunately, the, the guys I've squatted with are totally kick-ass. And, and so I'm just going to have fun and um, hopefully, you know, learn some, you know, high-speed stuff and, and film it and uh, come home pretty psyched hopefully have some ice cream and um you know see what kind of craziness like you know those top shooters can come up with because um you know certainly we got the terrain here for i've been i've been a cameo several times and and um i mean i you know they they have um three gun national championships there and shotgun and pistol and and archery and you you could you could literally have any style no matter what And, and then you can have super high angle you know, we probably won't have that at this competition, but you can literally host just about anything except for like helo casting into water, uh, kind of events at cameo because of how big it is. And, uh, and, and that, that, that's pretty cool. Um, so, but enough about that. Like, uh, let's, let's talk about freaking effing sentiment. Yeah. So you, you did the, the, The rifle craft drill So that's kind of like I made a lot of noise On social media And on podcasts Because um, You know I'm not I'm not I like to think about things In in a way that like You know Is is entertaining And kind of gives me things To think about When I'm Doing something else Like I spend a lot of time Out in the mountains Climbing And and, and, you know If there's nothing to do For the eight miles That you're walking To a cliff Or something like that It's cool to think about shooting And I thought You know I hate the status quo, and I hate when people say like this is just the way it is. And I felt like it's shooting, you know that. Um, I, I, I hate. I also don't like trying to be you know as redundant as possible. But you know, when I when I when I got into shooting, it was kind of like a few steps because you know I got into shooting doing stuff that I, I I knew how to do, and then I kind of worked towards the things that I don't know how to do it because that's that's how you get better. And as I was going towards the things that I couldn't do very well you know and, and some of which I still can't do very well everybody said okay you gotta go to a match and you gotta do this that and talk to people and, and it. And you, you started to see these patterns of behavior and, and some of which you know I just completely disagreed with and one of those things was how often people kind of got screwed by the wind left or right left or right and, and I thought man you know statistically it didn't make sense to me like there's no there's no way that all of these shooters are having wind switches you know as' consistent as that because it just didn't, didn't make sense to me and, and it took a while but then it, it turned out that some of the really good shooters that, that I was kind of bugging all the time about what to do to get better they were shooting paper and so I started shooting paper and I started shooting paper and I was focused on the group size like you see a lot and people use that um, I think it's called Ballistic X. Like, it, you know, the one where, where everybody like puts the holes on their group and they say, you know, look at this. I shot a 0.3 group. But you, you, you could see where they're aiming. And it's like, because then it dawned on me right away like, okay, if, if you were aiming at that aim point, and sometimes you are, sometimes you aren't. So you, you, you know, there, there's no explanation for, for people. But I started to see this pattern of people shooting dots. And they shoot dots and their groups look great, but they're all over the place. And so I started shooting dots. and. You know, I got a hold of Frank, and Phil and Kalen, and started talking to Jake Bibbard and John Pinch, and you know all the guys that were receptive to me, asking them, how'd you get good? Basically, all of them told me they shoot paper, but don't talk about it very much. So I started shooting paper, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, my my shooting's getting better, my groups are getting tighter, but still, my hit percentage was pretty low. So then I started, then one day, I formed this kind of, uh, I don't, it was like a private group, and I invited a bunch of shooters, I called it the the Guild of the Skeptical Bolt Handlers, and <laughs> I started I started putting concentric circles around my aim dot to see what my hit percentage would be on targets of a certain size. And I noticed that okay, I was hitting in like the 70, 71 percent of a one and a half MOA target, right? And I think that the the comps that you know the the field matches you tend to be around like two to three MOA, and the precision comps tended to be like 1.5 to 2 MOA so I noticed that like my hit percentage uh, you know I was like okay I'm going to rebuild this stage position I'm going to shoot at 100 I'm going to see like you know why And, and I started to notice that the hit percentage kind of related a little bit to these concentric circles around my aim point so even though my group was you know less than an inch it was an inch off my aim point and I mean, you know, I think that, that all guys can have these moments where they've been doing something that, you know, after too long, they realize what they probably should have realized a long time ago. It's like, man, we're measuring things wrong, right? And so that's when I was like, all right, I got hell-bent on. Um, that happened at, at the... Um, I, I went to some... I, it was an NRL in Texas.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, it was, I think it, I think it was in November or December. It was an NRL in Texas. And, and I remember there was you know, wind was hard and spotting impacts was, I I was just completely unprepared for shooting in an environment that I'd never shot in before, you know, and the the super high T post targets where you miss left or right, but you see your impact three or 400 yards past it and, or don't see it at all because of the grass and man, there's gotta be a way, you know, where I can get my shooting better so that then I could learn things like wind. But right now, you know, it's just, it's just missing and not having any idea of, of, of why I missed. And, and I hated the idea of like, well, I, I, you know, I don't like the idea of somebody telling me what the wind call is and, and I don't, I don't want somebody to hold my hand and and I don't want somebody to tell me what to do because I won't be proud of, of my accomplishments if I kind of draft off the people around me, which is why I think it's silly when you like get these super squads of guys and they're super, it's like, man, if you want to measure good shooters, make it blind. Like, don't let them watch the other shooters because A, you know, they're working together because they're friends and, and you can't help but work together. But B, um, you know, when you, when you watch people do something, uh, you know, you, you're, you're kind of drafting, but uh, on the other hand, like if that's a style on its own, then great let's that that'll be the style. So I avoided it for a while and I came up with this way to measure it. And I started to think like, okay, I'm gonna, um, and I, I kind of lucked out, like to, to be totally honest. Like I think luck played into it because the next match that I went to was that rifles only that I wanted. Rifles only very very unique um, yes, to a lot of other matches absolutely. in that there's often, oftentimes it's one target. So y- you might be changing a position, but more often than not it's a single target. So if you get a good wind hold, you're going to shoot really fast. But if you have a good fundamental setup and you have a good wind hold. You just smoke off a bunch of rounds, and so you can get a lot of points uh, on on some, some of those stages where you know it's fifteen or twenty shots in in, in whatever the time hack is. And and so I, I got my fundamentals down where I could build a break, a position, and I could rack off shots really fast. I wasn't good at target transitions. I wasn't good at moving. Like um, I don't I don't maybe there's a, a stage name or design for it, but I've seen it at um, a couple matches where they have. Uh, uh, like 4 by 4s or or round posts that are standing straight up you know and there's like you know you gotta go across 10 of these posts uh, that kind of stuff I didn't practice at all but what I did practice was build a position and you know try to bring that group close to center and I feel like for what I practiced for those for that month and a half two months you know excessively uh, it really played in doing well at that particular match so so the stars kind of aligned really well and 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 also like some of the better shooters didn't come so it was you know it was like okay a i practiced for shooting a single target and then b i practiced you know my fundamentals so that i could when i did shoot a group it wasn't all over the place i wasn't having weird point of impact shifts um and then uh so some of those high round count, high point stages, I did really well on. And that augmented some of the other stages that I didn't quite do as well at. Because he's got some gambling stages where you can basically give up 10 or 15 points.
1: Right. So that, um, a, a, a match at Rifles Only is going to be different simply because it is, a, let's say it's an NRL or and or PRS match. So either, either one. Jake, if it's a rifles only, Jacob is going to have Jacob flavor thrown in it, right? Which will make it, which makes it a match, you know, of itself, make it different than other matches because, well, no other matches has Jacob Bynum as a match director, right? So, well, the, it, the, ma- it change. the mag change, the mag change in between positions, okay? Some people are going to look at that, and be like, man, motherfucker, that is the dumbest shit. If I've got to. Take my mag out to move on a PRS barricade between positions, like there's, that's not a safety thing. Well, okay. The other flip side of that is, or maybe, m- maybe you're not any less or more safe by moving with or without that magazine in there, but you, you become a better shooter with mag changes because of it, and it's something that you're not going to do at any other match. So it right, adds, right. It adds a, a flavor of Jacob. If you will, Mm -hmm. into that match that brings its own set of difficulties with it, right? So it's crazy. I mean, it's a good thing for you that that's the match that you won, you know, that that, that match in particular, right? Because there's no such thing as an easy match at Rifles Only, because either A, like I mentioned, Jacob Bynum is the match director, or B, the wind. I mean, that is definitely not uh, shooting in a vacuum there is always wind of some magnitude at rifles only. You may have been there on a day so, sometime in your life, have been there on a day where it wasn't bad wind, but more times than not, that South Texas wind will get you. And it's there, you know. And so that to me, that's winning a two-day national level match at rifles only is a feat in and of itself that it was at rifles only. So don't 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 sell yourself short on what you accomplished by winning that match. I mean that was that's that's strong. That's a strong weekend of shooting. Well, thanks, but you know, like I don't like to sit back and like,
0: hey okay, right. That that defines you know my shooting. And at that point, basically, I started to branch out to like more field kind of stuff and and more like sling shooting and going lighter and and being much less interested in the NRL and the PRS. Now like since actually since that match I think I've I i did not shoot any more well, maybe I shot one more NRL. Two two more NRLs. You know, it has it, it, been two or three years and, and then maybe two but but I got really into shooting, um, you know, trying to learn wind and, and I didn't have all the crazy, you know, trainer rifles. So basically what I started to do is I have a three oh I shot a three oh eight at a TRS in, in Wyoming uh, last year um, and and it turns out that wasn't the greatest idea But um, <laughs> the, um, but uh, and then I've been shooting I shot my 6BR like super slow at like 2600 feet per second thinking oh, wow. like okay well I'll be I, you know, it's going to allow me to work wind and, and I didn't quite realize that, that it didn't work that way uh, ballistically you know yeah it made me work wind also but, but it also like opened the group up Massively at distance, so um, you know. So, but but anyway, you got you got to kind of learn the hard way uh, sometimes. But but I but now I'm kind of obsessed with this these field um, field matches with different calibers and and trying to go <clears throat> um, you know out and see what you can do with 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 any kind of platform and any kind of system. So I've been spending and you know, I've been doing some of the hunters and. Uh, You know, I've done competition dynamics matches and, 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 and now this, this year I'm trying to not shoot the same rifle at any match. So, you know, uh, I've been shooting like 10, 11, uh, 10 and 11 pound rifles at the hunters and, and, um, I think, I think my rifle this weekend is 16 pounds, but, but, um, you know, different, different rifle, different caliber at every match so that, so that you're not like tuned in that one piece of equipment but rather like you're adaptable to whatever it is so when i went to uh, california last month for uh for the hunter i used the nrl loner rifle you know because i thought like gosh you know if, if you're pretty good you could do pretty good with anything you know I, i'm not trying to win i'm trying to say like you know if let's say i shoot you know 80 percent, i should be able to do 80 with, percent with anything well, it, come, it comes
1: down. We got so much we can unpack with what we've we've already covered right now. But one thing that I will uh, touch on is what to me that aspect says is that you're you're less concerned about, like you said, winning, and you're more concerned about making yourself the best mark, all around marksman that you can be.
0: And well, yeah, and I'm willing I mean, to sacrifice performance, and right. also because. The, the, the real thing is, like, if, if there was something on the table, I'm pretty competitive, and I, l- I like to go with goals that have, like, either, like, a big cash prize or some kind of payout, and it really isn't that for shooting. So, like, what do you have to prove? Like, A, you got nothing to prove anyway. But B, like, if, if it was just about winning a match, like, you'd probably go do that pretty easy. Like, you could train specifically for a match and people nowadays, because yeah, almost everything is known about the venues and, 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 and a lot of the guys, you know, what I've seen is they go train on the venues cause they're buddies with the match director. And so they, they get an edge by, you know, going five or six or seven weekends in a row and just shooting the course of fire and get everything down and get all the measurements or you, or some matches have train ups. Like, I guess, you, you know, you can go to rifles only, or you can go to some of the Oklahoma things and train up and shoot, you know, all the stages and, 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 and kind of suss it out like that but but like you know as a climber one of my big interests was, was trying to do something first try without prior knowledge of the route really because you didn't grab the holds and, and you know um, there, there's something there's a style that, that people some people are into which is you know that, that first try effort can you climb it without falling and, and I like that about shooting it's like okay I want to you know as a measure of my ability <clears> to <throat> I'd like, I like the idea of going out and saying like, you know, on this target size and this terrain, you know, I should be able to hit 75% of, and, 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 you know, Morgan King probably, (coughs) you know, roll his eyes thinking 75, that's bullshit. You know, I'm going to hit 95. And And he would, right. But yes, he would, um, you know, for me, I know my, 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 Hit percentage on target sizes, and I want that to be consistent across the country. Before I have one place where I can like really just kick ass, and I don't want to go and <laughs> try to get a particular advantage because that didn't tell me anything about anything, really. Because it's, from from my perspective and my interest in in rifles are that that you know ninety nine percent of people's use outside of competition with rifle systems are kind of un, unplanned, unknown scenarios where you're you know you, you have to do all that stuff on the fly right and so I want to know like if I had to take a shot right now where I'm at now that you know this is the, my hit probability and i a target at that distance you know within reason, and I need to be able to know the wind to this and, and, and to me that that's, that's what motivates me personally and that's what and, and that's why I think it's so cool about rifle craft is that you don't have to share my interest, but I think that most shooters will benefit first from understanding their fundamental capabilities before they start layering in all of the other skill sets because first you need to be able to hit a target of a specific size all the time. And then you've got to learn wind, and then you've got to learn movement, and then you've got to learn position. But you can't really learn any of that other stuff <coughs> without knowing that you can hit the stupid target in the first place.
1: Yeah, And, and, and so
0: that, that's, that's where exactly, it's like the education thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, here's – man, like I said, there's so much to unpack. So one thing in particular is well, – this is what I, what I told you last night. I jocked your dick a little bit, and I, but it's true, is that your approach – to just shooting in general is a very analytical, data-driven approach. So you have a couple of different types of, of people, and one being, okay, if we're talking about people who get involved with, say, this sport, they're going to go, and, and this would be me, um, okay, that's cool, I like to do that, I want to do that, I wanna watch, see what they do, and I want to emulate what someone who has success does. Like, okay, they did this. Well, maybe without even in the beginning, out without understanding the why of why they did that, I'm okay with just accepting, well, obviously they know what they're doing and that must be you know the right way to do that. So I wanna go that route. And then you have you know, you're also susceptible to believing dogma you, you're also susceptible of believing what well folklore of the internet you know everybody's a fucking sniper uh on the internet right kind of like everybody's a tough guy behind a keyboard same thing with shooting everybody can hit a fucking golf ball at you know two grand um but it you the the other type of person is there's a saying in jiu-jitsu that it, it says to a beginner there are unlimited possibilities to an expert. There are very few. Now that means that means two different things at the same time to a beginner. It's like, Oh, well you don't know what you don't know. And the expert has the experience to know what he should know. But at the same time, what it also means is to a beginner, there are possibilities that maybe that person coming from the outside could uh, raise a question. Well, why can't it be done this way? And you may have one expert on the other side of that coin say, well, no, it's not done that way. It's done this way. But then you have that same beginner says, well, why, why you tell you show me why it can't be done this way. And I'll take your word for it. Like, I'll believe you. And -hmm. then it will take the expert to actually, okay, well, well, and then they may end up changing their own mind because well a beginner asks the right question and it it's you, instead of just accepting like you mentioned earlier the status quo and that that's kind of what you what you've done in you know since you've been in the public eye of of shooting of that's kind of been your stick is hey question everything first of all and then let the data prove the truth. Let the data show you what, what, what the data is and believe, believe the data. We always say believe the bullet, right? The bullet's telling you everything that you need to know about what just happened from when that bullet left your muzzle and it got to the final destination. Well, it's not just the bullet. You believe all the data. And let's, let's base our decisions, let's base our, whether it be training plans, whether, let's base our uh, uh, plans of, of running a course of fire based off the data. And a, a good point, and I, I mentioned on uh, 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 the last podcast or the one before that or whatever, I was mentioning you about the, the point that you made uh, with Phil and Kalen of back to the whole switchy wind thing. I've been very guilty of that. I'm like, man, that which in reality here in the southeast, the wind—you can watch it. And actually, if you're on glass, you can watch the wind do that. Those kind of stuff. But regardless, how how can you base a correction off of uh, tainted data, if you will? If if you feel that if you had the gun in a vice. Okay, in a sled, and uh, or a, a rail gun, and then the bullet went off of both sides of the target. Well, at that juncture, yes, you could. You could say the wind switch because there's this rifle will not move. It's in. It is the the trigger is breaking when the barrel is pointed at the exact same location every time. But we're not shooting off of vices or in with rail guns. So we have influence that those guns do not. We are the influence. So if you have a tendency, maybe in a standing position, to you are always dropping your shots off the top, over, over the target, right? So if you're at 100 yards doing a craft drill, and in your standing position, every the, the three shots that you did in the standing, they were all high. Okay, or let's say in the kneeling position, they were all left for some reason. Okay, so if you dr- if the, the the wind is going left to right, which should be blowing you off the right side of the plate, but yet when you get into that kneeling position and you drop the bullet off the left side, how do you know with certainty that it was the wind that dropped it, switched, and made your bullet go off the left side of that plate instead of... Maybe it was you who pulled the trigger. You pulled the gun. You pulled the shot, right? And so whenever you shrink that in, your goal, obviously, is to bring in all positions, standing, kneeling, sitting, prone, bring all of those shots into the middle. It's hard to do that on steel, but paper doesn't lie. Paper tells you the truth and shows you what you're doing. You just have to interpret that data in the correct way to – fix that problem.
0: Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's, that's the whole idea. It's like, um, you, know, you want to, you want to shoot at a distance where the environmental factors are a concern. And then you get a glimpse at what, um, at, at where your, where your baseline is and then make your decisions based on the size of the target compared to the size of your shooting ability. And, and, and some people, um, you know, they'll argue like, well, you know, if a and I, I, I mean, man, I, I like all styles, and I feel sometimes like you know it, it comes across like I don't like NRL or PRS, and and, I, and that's not fair because, because I do I do enjoy it. But a lot of people say, well, you know, I've been doing this for ten years, and I've been shooting PRS since it started, and and I've never shot standing up a tripod at a PRS. And I think like, well, so you know, so what? Like, you know, I never masturbated in public either, but but like, it's not that you couldn't, right? And, and, and just wait, because wait, they don't do it, done it,
1: you haven't done that. Am I the, well, the well, weirdo here? What the fuck? <laughs> but,
0: but, the, but, but I mean, you know, it, it, that's what things like that sound to me. Like, well, you know, I've never shot, you know, this at a PRS. I've never shot that. Or I don't do this hunting. And I don't do that hunting. It's like, yeah, but <clears throat> it's a possibility. I had this professor once that would just say like, it, 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 in a possible universe, this can happen, right? In, in it, In a possible universe, if it's explainable by science, just because it's not happening now, doesn't mean that it can't. And so, you know, you may not ever have to shoot standing off a tripod, but if you're trying to be a well-rounded marksman, it'd be good to know what what it's like to shoot. Because I think if you lay down and shoot prone, uh, you know, on paper all the time and, and you just say, well, my gun shoots quarter inch and I shoot quarter inch and... I can always see trace. And then you shoot standing off a tripod. All of a sudden you don't know shoot quarter is. and you can't see trace. And you think like, Oh, I must've shot out my barrel. Like, wait, wait a minute. Like there's all these crazy leaps of logic that, that you hear when people have to do something that they haven't practiced. And I think it comes down, I, I don't think it's a positional thing. You know, I think that highlights that we're missing, you know, little chunks. You know, if, it, it if our shooting is a puzzle, you know, there's pieces of that puzzle that we don't fully understand and that it, it's exposed. And the original craft drill was 10 position, um, but we kind of adopted the, the more standard standing kneeling really seated prone. And, and, and then the idea was like, there, there is no real standard. Like you could shoot it supported. You could shoot it with any rifle you want. You do any, wh- whatever you anticipate doing, um, you know, do that because it's going to highlight flaws that you may have. And it's going to emphasize where, you know, i call it the lowest hanging fruit is for your, you to improve. Because if you can improve your shooting fundamentals, all of the other things are going to improve immediately. And, and and if you're basing all your decisions on a flawed, like you pointed out, if you're basing all your decisions on flawed data, um, there, there's really no good outcome to that. And it's very expensive. If shooting wasn't as expensive, you know, maybe, maybe it'd be different. Um, but it's very expensive and you see people spending uh, a, a lot of money, but be like, you know, some of the shooting sports just don't have people coming back at the rates that would make sense if people were having great times. And I think one of that is the cost of entry and the cost to participate. Like, even though this matches in Colorado, it still costs me a thousand bucks to go shoot it. So like, you know, I could do a lot of other things that are cheaper than a thousand bucks to show me that, that I'm not prepared, you know, but, but I figure like, you know, at that point it's like paying to go to a class. So maybe, but, but if it was 2000 bucks, like, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend, spend 2000 bucks to go, no, no. um, to a match, but, but, but you know, a thousand bucks or less. And that's why I'm trying to shoot more locally this year to be able to test out those things. And I got all, I got three gas guns. I'm going to be shooting at matches. And I got, um, four bolt guns and and different barrels i'm a swap and i'm gonna do uh what then not this one but the next one that i shoot i'm gonna i got a zeus and i'm gonna i'm gonna swap the barrel not cal, it's gonna be stained bullets that people don't have to freak out but i'm gonna take my barrel off between each stage you know to see what the point of impact effects of that are and, and uh you know shit like that to me is really exciting because it's stuff that you don't hear people doing and they might say like you know that that's Stupid, or that's crazy. But on the other hand, like if you're making technology that has a function that's uh, being advertised as like added value, like I want to see that added value in action. And and uh, you know some people are getting a little bit nervous. Like I mentioned, uh, the idea of using the compass feature on binoculars to walk your partner in at a team match by saying, you know, here's the cardinal direction and here's the distance, because that should put a crosshair exactly on the target. People start to reach out saying, well you know, the level of accuracy of our compasses aren't that good that you'll be able to do that. And uh, it's like, you scratch your head. like, wait a minute, you're selling these things that are thousands of dollars. And that is a selling point that you're using to try to get money from people. And now you tell me it won't work because I'm asking, you know, I'm saying like, here's a, here's an awesome use for that. And, and this is how you'll put it into to play with a team match. And then companies are reaching out like, mm, you know, don't, You know, I don't think it's going to work like that because, you know, our accuracy, you know, we got to, we got to make improvements. And it's like, like, if we can swap a barrel, like, I want to, you know, I want to shit. Uh, I want to take like the the AI and do a match where like in golf, you change your clubs from like putters to drivers. You know, wouldn't it be fucking cool if you had one, you had one rifle, and three or four barrels and three or four sets of bullets <clears throat> and for for each shot you could assess, all right, I think I'm gonna shoot this one I'm gonna use the three thirty eight. You pull out your three thirty eight. Then this one I'm gonna use my two two three. And this one is perfect for a BR. And you know, every stage you like, you know, you assess your shot, you screw on the barrel, and then you know, you you dial your offset and bam, you start shooting. Like that would be a fucking awesome selling point and a cool use of that rifle system in a way that you know you don't hear about too much now. Now they're like, well it's just a really expensive uh you know, gunsmith substitute for you to put on. And it's like, man no. I, those are the kinds of things that get me really excited I'm gonna try to go out and prove those, you yeah, know, some of these I, I, know you, I
1: know you've got you've gotten an AI recently and uh as you know I'm I'm a, actually wearing an AI T shirt right now. I'm a big big fan of AI, but um Yeah, you need to get the AI, uh, AXMC because that's where you could go from like 300 Norma down to. Well, now, if you went with like a a bug holes, uh, I've got the 223 bolt to run in my AI, and you, you know, if you get one of those, you got a 308 bolt, you could shoot literally anything from. Well, obviously, if it's like a PRS match, then it's 30 cal or lower, right? You can't go above 30 cal. But you could go 30 cal and then all the way down to two twenty three and do that. Uh, you would probably, because of, like, it's a kick-ass idea, but because of, like, there's a time component to it, uh, it would be stage per stage, not probably shot by shot. Um, but, right, 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 right. Yeah, so a prone stage, boom, dropping on the normal barrel. I'd hate to carry your ammo. Uh, you might need to get a tactical cart, <laughs> uh, baby strong, yeah. uh to carry just the ammo. But, uh, yeah. yeah, to yeah. go from like a, like a three hundred Norma, and then let's say you know, that's a troop line stage. Your very next stage is the PRS barricade at 400 yards with a gigantic fucking plate down there at 400 yards. Screw the two twenty three barrel on, change the mag out, change the bolt, put the new ammo in, and then do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, w- I, would be I mean, concerned. it'd have to be a match
0: design for, for that specific purpose and test. But, I, I, you know, those are the kinds of things that I think down the road, you know, as, as shooting grows and people get a better understanding of their skill set and what we can use equipment for, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, I mean, there's, there's so many cool opportunities for stage design that aren't just the vanilla cardboard cut. And, and it, I'm not saying that those aren't fun and they're not challenging, but when it it simply just becomes like a rehearsed monkey kind of thing, like you lose a little bit of my interest and that, you know, I might, you know, it might be unusual there, but it's like, okay, I want to kind of strip it away. And and that's, that's one dimension of a three dimensional picture, you know? So but but then, man, that's really exciting, and I think it all starts with your ability to deliver, you know, an unexpected and unusual position, you know, consistent point of impact, and then from there you scale up. And so, so that's where that's where riflecraft came from, because I think that there's a lot of benefit. A you save a lot of money, and you can do it at any range with a hundred yards, and you can learn a lot, and it applies tremendously to hunting. It applies to. You know, how accurate does your wind call have to be? How much budget do you have? There's a lot of really cool conversations that stem off of the, the platform once you know your tendencies as, as a shooter. And don't get me wrong, like, man, it's satisfying to hit steel and hear it ding back and move. But I've gotten obsessed with paper to the point where, you know, I've, I've been neglecting wind and I've been neglecting the distance. stuff, And that's why i like, I'm trying to get out and shoot more. There's, there's a club series that's really strong locally. And, um, and I'm trying to do this. And I'd like to shoot more PRS because I don't want to. Sometimes I talk about training scars and, and one of those scars that I see in ath- athletics, because I've got a background in athletics is that you develop training scars by kind of shying away from the things that you're not good at or things that, you know, maybe you're not exposed to as often and, and people have better success and think like, oh, well, you know, I might be a big fish in this pond, but if I go over to this other pond, like, you know, but but that's just ego that you got to teach yourself is meaningless, you know, to so go in and getting like, you know, 60th place out of 200 is probably a better experience for somebody's overall growth in the long run than only going to the matches where they're going to get top 10. And you don't see that very often, but that's something that I am trying to, you know, I try to instill in my kids and, and all my other outlets. And, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to go to the events that I will struggle at rather than the events that I'll succeed at based on the fact that, that you know, when you have those struggles or, or, or lower performance than, than, you know, other folks, you know, it highlights where you need to invest a little bit of your attention because you're missing something, right? If you're not missing anything, you can go to anything and always do good. Um, but, but there there really are no shooters that can do that right now. Everybody hides in their little niche and that's totally fine for them, but that's not fine for me. I, I, I would rather be upper mediocre across the board than, you know, below average and everything but one thing. And I've done the events that I'm good at and now – you know, I'm only going to the events that I think I'm going to struggle so that I could highlight areas to train and then go home and, and, and practice those. And, and for me, a lot of that is, is, you know, targeted distance and transitioning, uh, learning some of the tricks to like, um, you know, to, to get, to, to actually get like the, the points. <laughs> not tricks like, you know, I'm going to pay you to let me train on your diversifier and shit like that. Cause that's not, you know, I think that's you know, bullshit. Um, but uh,
1: yeah. Well, you're you're guinea pigging yourself, right? Yeah, you're yeah. you're guinea pigging everything on on your own, and what you're well, you're accomplishing a couple things at the same time. You're accomplishing something to one the thing that you're most concerned with, which is good. That is, you're trying to make yourself, like you mentioned, an all around better marksman across all platforms. But also, you're taking us, well, who, whomever you know tunes in either to your podcast or to on, on riflecraft.com or on maybe a podcast like mine or Frank's or Phil and Kalen's or whatever but you are kind of reporting back with with data like okay so I I, I went and shot this 223 here on this style of match and this this was my my hit oh shit and we lost Chris and I'll call him right back I kind of figured that was going to happen. Come on now. Jesus, I hate fucking technology. Oof. Chris might be out of complete service right now. There we go. Now it's ringing. (laughs) This is so fucking ghetto.
0: Hi, I want to talk to you about your... Your call today. has been... ...to an automatic voice message system.
1: Hello, Chris. Try them again. One more again. Otherwise, I'm going to have to stop recording and start recording again after I finally get a hold of him. Your call has been forwarded to an... Auto- I think he's trying to call me at the same time. There we go. There we are. We got you.
0: Oh, oh wait, let me pop. It. I don't know what happened there for a sec. I dropped you.
1: Yeah, that's no problem. So, I don't know.
0: I, I I don't. It's like I was thinking about, and I, I lost my train of thought. I kind of made myself laugh, but I, I don't do jujitsu, right? But I imagine like you're wrestling somebody, and and I, I grew up doing martial arts, but but, but not jitsu I'm 47, so like that wasn't really around when I was smaller. At least not popular a little bit but uh you know if i'm rolling around with you and i'm like okay i figure out like oh it makes you really uncomfortable if i grab your ass or i put my hand on the inside of your thigh like it throws you off your guard and then i can totally get you you know but then i tell everybody like hey now this is the trick to beat you know like you know the way to get dave because he'll beat you otherwise is, is like it makes him really uncomfortable to grab his ass everybody's gonna learn how to do that and and like that's just a, like that i don't know that doesn't make you a better. Uh, you know, grappler necessarily, you know, the, 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 takeaway is that like, you know, if I was your coach, I would say, all right, you know, you got to get more comfortable with dudes making you uncomfortable. Uh, but with shooting, like it's a little bit too easy to like get in your, um, your little groove. And then I think that creates training scars that, that what happens when the landscape shifts and we have to evolve to a new style, like, uh, you know, it, it seems like that's kind of happening now. And it, it's exciting to me because, it opens up venues in Colorado for new, uh, new styles. But like, what happens when the land, what, you know, like, uh, you know, something changes. I mean, you hear about like, okay, PRS came out of you know some other style and all of a sudden there was heavy bags and rifles got heavier. Like that's awesome. But you know, what happens when the style shifts away from that? Because people are interested, you know, there's 20 plus million shooters and you know, a couple hundred, active PRS shooters. So like what happens when the millions of people find something that they're interested in, that, that isn't that, and then the few hundred people that, that do PRS need to kind of evolve into that new style, because that's what ranges are offering, like, you know, creates weird camps and scenarios. But if you want to be a well-rounded shooter, you can kind of just do it all. And then you got a lot of cool, fun options. And I like that idea of like exposing your weakness uh, and then being adaptable for things that you don't know are on their way yet. And, um, you know, that applies. I mean, shit, that, that applies to jujitsu, right? You don't know if you're ever going to get an altercation. And you know that, that that's a really good way to not hurt the person and get sued because that's like, you know, everybody's sue happy. And you could subdue somebody without killing them. And then, you know, you won't lose your house and all that shit. And, and, and you know, you could kick their ass basically. And oh,
1: um, uh, yeah, exact well I think that's really cool, right? It does. It's, um, it's amazing to me. I mean, I when I, I had I had my black belt, my uh my academy's uh owner and, and head instructor, my professor, I had him on the podcast back well oh, about a, almost exactly a year ago. Um we were on our way back from a seminar uh about three hours away and uh we and I told him well I mentioned to him on the podcast how how eerily similar jujitsu is to shooting. I mean, he's a shooter, just not this. He's a more of a like defensive pistol split times from from you know from draw uh, to getting three rounds off that kind of stuff. He, he I mean he's probably much better a pistol shooter than I am, but he understands that the, the and, you know he's actually even correlated in like private lessons with me about. uh He'll, he'll reference like Jerry Michalik and, and the, just different things how jiu-jitsu will translate over to shooting and vice versa. But first of all, don't threat me with a good time of someone grabbing my ass or my inner thigh because, believe me, that'll just get me more excited. Second of all, you're 100% right because what correlates with what we're talking about between the two is if you've got someone like, let's say, a – Someone here in the southeast that is got like they are just Miyagi at shooting positional, um, and they shoot a lot here and they do very well here. But as soon as they maybe qualify the finale because of all the points they've gathered through the year of the southeast matches they've shot in, uh, and then they go to finale and it's in Oklahoma. Well, there, look, Oklahoma is not the southeast. There's it ain't nothing to have 30 mile an hour wind out there. And, well, if they didn't travel out there and have put themselves in that wind to shoot uh, or a whole bunch of troop lines where they're just used to shooting a lot of positional stuff, then they're going to be kind of like a fish out of water, where in jiu-jitsu it's the same thing where, you know, if you are a, a, a very, very strong uh, guard player, okay, if you're a really strong guard player, whether it's spider guard or... uh you know, De La Riva, single leg X, any of those guards, if you're going against somebody who who prefers a more like a pressure passing and top game to where they're – it's really the two kind of like the bull and the bear that go against each other, that's fine. But what if you go against someone who has a better De La Riva guard than you do and they get to De La Riva before you do? Now you got to play the game that you're not used to playing. Right, you're forced to play the top game now. You've got to pass this guy's guard to get into a better position instead of you be the one trying to get the sweeps uh, and then maybe the submissions after that sweep or or whatnot. No, no, no. This guy's now playing your game, and now you're forced to play the guy's game that you're normally beating. You got to do what he does, trying to get someone who is just as good at that position or better than you were. So you have to have that you like just being stagnant is the the beginning of death you know it's literally if if you're not growing in everything then you're dying because it, as soon as soon as you get put in that position to where you are no longer comfortable you know uh if you're, you're not comfortable getting stacked um and i'm used to getting stacked because i play a lot of guard game where basically stacked is someone's basically trying to Basically, smush me to the floor and put my feet behind my head i'm used to that simply because well, I play a lot of spider guard and that 's the first defense to someone playing spider guard on you if you're standing up is to smash them. well i'm okay with that. you can try to smash me and i'm I'm gonna sweep you when you do it, and then I'm gonna triangle you after that so but if if someone is is a better spider guard player than me i'm gonna have to revert because i i me knowing this. I try my best to put myself in the situation, hey look, we're going to roll for a minute. You you need to play guard. I I want to do I want um you know, I want to try to pass, okay? And then we'll do that, right? And so I'm sharpening more than one knife when I'm cuz I'm making a conscious effort to do so. You got to do the same thing in shooting. You know, you can't just say, "Hey, look, I'm shooting this fast whiz-bang cartridge and I'm not used to really having a whole bunch of wind." I can hold left edge and I can hold it on and break that shot perfectly every time. I just need someone to give me a win call. Well, what if no one was there? What if, what if you had to make that shot and you were by yourself? Like literally you weren't at a match. (laughs) So, so what are you doing? Are you a shooter or are you a, a just a match person? Right. I don't really know what they even call that, but you get what I'm saying, I I want yeah. to be a good shooter. Now I like to play the game too. The game is fun. But mm-hmm. you know, that's also like jujitsu. The sport aspect of jujitsu yeah. is fun. I love it. But I didn't I didn't start jujitsu because I wanted to compete in sport. In fact, jujitsu is where I don't compete. That's I've kind of purposefully kept it that way because I compete shooting. This is my outlet to where it, I, there's literally no pressure at all, which I'm a low pressure person. When I come to shoot anyway because I don't I don't think I'm any good, but uh, I'm 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 not going to scare anybody away from first place. But it, it I do compete in that, and I want to keep my competitiveness for that. And this is my outlet is is, is jiu jujitsu. But I I take jujitsu jitsu beca- also because well, if I ever had to use jujitsu. I can do that. I can't stop a fight and say, "Hey, wait, wait, wait! wait. I need you to let me get down and hold both your wrists, and then put my feet in your biceps and and control you before we fight." Okay, yeah. Then then I'm, I'm gonna get murdered. So no, I have to be. A, I, I did it so that if if in any situation, whether it was for my family or just somebody acting fucking reckless or whatever, that like you said, I don't. It's a it's a another tool in my toolbox to where I don't have to go straight to the Bat Belt and pull out my fucking pistol and kill somebody, and then I may possibly lose my house and possibly my freedom as well, depending on how 12 jurors saw it go, or get sued because I, you know, I don't know, knocks my teeth out or some shit like that. I don't fucking know. But it's called the Gentle Art simply because Let's say in, in and a popular example of this that people use, like in jitsu they talk about is like, what if you're at like a a, a family, like a, a family reunion, and your crazy uncle is fucking drunk as shit and is being whatever? Do you want to beat the piss out of your uncle? No, you don't want to beat his ass. But if he's acting crazy, you do want to subdue him. I can do that. I yeah, I know exactly how to tie him into a pretzel to where I'm not going to hurt him, but he's not going to hurt anybody else either. You know, so that, that's, but in shooting and you are kind of doing the very same thing in shooting to where it's, if I've got a gun and not just pistol, not just carbine, not just a, a bolt rifle, not just a long range gas gun. Um, if I've if it is involving a gun, I am very competent in using it in, in any situation that I may find myself in, that's what you're striving for. And, and that's awesome. You know? A little carving and, and, and Yeah, bows. Uh, I, yeah. I love bow hunting. Absolutely. I shoot archer all the time. Uh,
0: pretty good cross skill set. It's fun to just shoot the shit. Craft isn't about like, my particular interest. I think it, it just like like jujitsu say like here's here's a way for you to measure your level system for the, the styles and positions that you could apply towards whatever you're interested in because there are some people that just love belly shooting and, and they, they, they'll go to a match because they, they heard it's a belly match and they're gonna <clears throat> lay down prone and shoot a bunch of targets and shit it's awesome that there's an outlet for them to do that um that's not to me my my, my like real world Kind of applications of stuff like, um, and, and I think a lot of shooters do, and that, that's why we don't, it's the community of competitive shooters is pretty small. But a measurement system that we could apply and maybe have, you know, I, I kind of envision it like if, if everything was, you know, worked out the way I envision it, like there would be like a craft, like not belt system, but like a number system that would give people. A way to say I'm ready for this, and then I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. If you want to go through it step by step in a in a logical progression, for some people they don't they don't want to do it in that sequence. But I think it's more expensive, um, and that's cool. If they, if, I mean, there's a lot of really wealthy shooters, but I think it's cool to have uh, objective measurement system for skill, and that's that's what that is. And it's not, you know a lot of people point out that I'm data, you know, I, I am data driven and I'm numbers driven and science driven, but I'm not like, I think that the other end of that spectrum is like the Brian Litz type ballistician, And that's the pure science of, you know, what's happening with a bullet in the environment. But on the other hand, like, None of that information is really making a shooter better. It's just that that's the underlying explanation of what's happening. Like, it's, it's letting them know what what you're what's happening. It just
1: explains what's going on. That's yeah. all that is.
0: Yeah, Right, right. And you could disprove a lot of ideas. and You could disprove a lot of things. or You could, you could make educated uh, decisions on how to build equipment or, or selecting the appropriate equipment. But when it comes to application, application is 100% skill. And those kind of numbers aren't really going to help objectively guide a shooter towards shooting better. Um, It could be justification for, you know, if he says, okay, well, if you, if you shoot one inch and you know, your your hit percentage will be better if you shoot half an inch. (laughs) Okay. Great. If, If that's what they need to spend 20 hours at a loading bench, trying to get that bullet better. But I think that, that, you know, if you, you make your load go from one inch to half an inch, my guess is you probably still shoot four inches positionally. So if you're going to make, you're going to get more hit percentage by getting your skill level up, then you are going to be kind of getting your system refined. So I think the industry and some of that information seems like it's a little ahead of people's ability levels. And, and... And, and I, I kind of like the balance of like, okay, you know, my gun's good enough. I, I used to think like, oh man, it's got to shoot quarter inch. And now I think, fuck, if they shoot an inch, that's great because, um, you know, my skill level isn't, isn't, isn't there. I mean, uh, positionally I'm getting much better, but, but, uh, you know, I kind of, I, I, yeah, I go for like, you know, if a rifle shoots under an inch, uh, with factory ammo. I'm, I'm pretty psyched. You now I've been shooting this last year, year and a half. I've been shooting mostly six, five Creedmoor and I just shoot factory ammo because of uh, component issues and stuff. And I, I just got to, you know, I just grab a tuner. If it, if it doesn't shoot under an inch, I grab a tuner and, you know, crank it around till it shoots under an inch. I don't try to like get it to be Bug as amazing holes, yeah. as it possibly could, because I don't, you know, I just don't shoot that one. The difference between my ability and the ammo isn't, isn't that significant that it, I think it's going to change my hit percentage at, at this point? But I've, I've I've shot a lot to measure that now, and, and a couple of years ago I was doing it wrong. Um, you know, shooting the slow VRs because I thought it was going to make my wind calling better. Turned out to be a bad idea. Um, but uh,
1: well, there's but two, man, there's I love two
0: shooting three eight
1: There's two sides. There's two sides to it. The one side of that is that you're that you're right. Is that all? you know, what, what? Brian, like use him as example. If you take your your load that shoots one inch, and you change it to shoot half inch, well, you should I like, guess what in theory miss half the targets, you know, miss half, or I should say you'll hit double the amount of targets, uh, or it, at bare minimum just increase your your hit percentage. True. But that's well, also, I think that also goes back to that also goes back to the whole well, that's assuming that the rifle is like in a vice, right? Or a rail gun, right? That there's no other influence other than the load, right? Well, the other side exactly. the other side of that is like me i I say I don't like hand loading, but it I mean, I look at it as a necessary evil to shoot the cartridges that I want to shoot and for I guess I can get ammo on demand as long as I have the components. I have ammo on demand rather than be at the whims of how much a box of ammo and if that box of ammo is available. Right, I have six. I, I shoot a lot of six Creed more when I want to shoot fa- uh, factory ammo. Um, but you know, I handle it all my other stuff. But the the idea behind that is, is of wanting to get that group is shooting as little as possible. Is that any any shot is in theory. Any shot missed was because of me, or was because of a bad wind call. Where, if if I think of it as a laser beam, if somehow that laser beam misses the target, then there wasn't a an error that I can fix, which would be me, right? So, or, or, uh, uh, well, me in the sense of did I pull the trigger good or. Me, in the sense of, did I make a correct wind call? But I mean, I, I can't imagine there being a, a whole lot more frustrating than you know, you did make a good trigger pull and you did make a good wind call, and the bullet still missed. So, if by disqualifying some variables, meaning, hey, it's shooting quarter inch at 100 yards anything past that as long as all my equipment is in working order and my my load is what it is any miss was me and it's going to tell me and that that's the only other flip side to that and i think i think both are right at the same time it's just somebody people put too much emphasis on one over the other like hey I'm gonna win a match because I, I just got a new load in this rifle and it's fucking dimes, baby. It's it's shooting it's shooting into point twos, point ones at a hundred yards. Okay, well show me. I mean, show me, show me how that's gonna make you win, right? It's probably not. No, you are best suited in dry firing and or or just like you said, shooting positional at a hundred yards at paper. And then that's going to tell you where what fucked up. And
0: yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I, it might be the difference, but it might not. And chances are, from what I've seen, it, it's probably not, right? Like, it's like the, that stuff is like the tip of the iceberg, but the big part of the iceberg the hiding under the water that most shooters have traditional um, flaws in their, in their fundamentals. And, and also, um, you know, I think, I do think that depending on how you shoot, you know, some of the guys in Oklahoma are doing some of the recoil management by putting weight into the scope, right. And pushing it in a bag. And that, that is recoil management, but it's not with the buttstock, but depending on how you do that under recoil, some shooters still get left and right deviation. And on recoil, if that rifle, even if you have a perfect sight picture, perfect press, if your body's not in a position where can absorb the recoil in the axis of the rifle, you could still get left and right, up and down deviations. And so, um, you know, I think that um, my approach, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I don't, I don't coach shooters really. I mean, I, there's been a handful of shooters that I've helped and, and, and they've all got trophies as, as a result. But, but my approach has been let's look at your, your overall shooter number and then from that size, what would your hit percentage change if we changed it half an inch, but not, not the other way around. Like, uh, sure, you know, let's look at the big shooter. Numbers, yes, see, that because,
1: is the correct way to look um, at that. Absolutely.
0: Because if you shoot five inches and we bring it down to four and a half inches, um, versus, you know, that, like, well, if we're shooting, you know, two MOA targets, you, you know, after your, after your shots or, you know, I mean, I, I, because of the bell curve, I think that you know might be skewed a little bit, but, but, all I'm saying is that, that, you know, depending on the positions of the match that you're going to shoot in or depending on the outlet, but rather than just thinking it is about match performance, I think it's about expectations of what, sh- what should you be shooting at. And and that's why, like, I'm more curious about, um, you know, you know, your shooter number or, or um, like, let's say, you know, you shoot a craft drill and you create a reticle, um, I call it a shooter number, but you're basically looking at the subtensions holding center. <clears throat> that all your shoots fall in, all your shots fall into in your reticle. And then you could basically flash mill a target, knowing that I could hit that from any position a hundred percent of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I have a, if I have a decent wind call and, and so if you can flash mill your bracket on something, you can know whether you should expect to hit it always or whether uh, there's a chance that you could miss it left and right, and 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 then if it's a close miss, you could make an educated decision as to whether you're going to correct for wind or not, uh, based on the size of the target compared to your shooter bracket. And um, I've been doing some experimenting with that, and I've noticed that when I pick the, a target that's smaller than my my personal bracket, and I miss close, if I do the exact same thing, it's not unusual for me to hit and. And it even hit center of the plate using the exact same hole. Uh, and it's just you know when when you just miss off the edge of the plate, you, you need to take into account. I think the, the size of the plate that you're shooting at, and and where your shooter number is, because the correction should keep that in mind first. And um,
1: yeah, and I think it's I think that, it's very tempting. I think it's very tempting to for a shooter to to have to be in that very same predicament and drop one off the edge of that plate and they're like shit the wind must have picked up right there and they recorrect and then the bullet go exactly where they were aiming the second sh- the second time whereas like i mentioned it on the couple episodes ago like i talked about earlier that the 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 definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expect different outcomes but the caveat is, in shooting, you may just be getting, giving yourself a second opportunity to pull the shot correctly, as opposed to you thinking that you pulled a perfect shot and the only uh, influence on that bullet was wind. When it, it yeah. good chance it wasn't, right? Especially right. If you a plate up. Especially if you centered a plate up. On one shot, you shoot again. And let's say it's a three-shot target. You're shooting at this same target, three shots, whatever. First shot, you center it up. Second shot, it barely burns off the edge. Now, are you going to now correct off of that edge miss? Or are you going to give yourself at least one time of, I'm going to hold that again and make sure that wasn't me? And break that shot where your both both shots were uh, your hold for both shots, and mm-hmm. see, see if it drops where it's supposed to go, which right there in the middle, right? We would probably all be surprised at how many times on that third shot we'd put it right on top of the first one, and then, ergo, proving that. Well, in, you would think that the second shot you miss was you, not the wind. I mean. Um,
0: so I'm always getting screwed by the wind. How come I always do this wrong? Then you you try to correct it the same way. Man, my my buddy told me, you know, correct half a plate. You know, you know, correct half a plate or three quarters of a plate. Correct, you know, and then I always get screwed by the wind when I do that. Like. Maybe that's the insanity, right? So, so that that's where I kind of scratch my head. You know, I hear things, I, I, I think about them, I, I listen, I apply them, and I look to see. Um, you should see a statistical improvement immediately with that kind of stuff. And sometimes you don't. And sometimes people are saying like the same kind of thing. Like, man, I'm always having these problems. I'm always having these problems. And it's like, man, you know, well, what are you doing to fix them? Well, I was told I should do X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, Man, X, Y, and Z is probably bullshit. Uh, well,
1: how you know, is probably... X, Y, and Z working out for you?
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, man, no, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Like, it's okay to have bad times, but then if you don't reflect on it and learn from it, like me, that's like, you know, you're, you're missing out on a lot of cool things, um, or at least what I think is cool. It's like, man, I want to go and struggle. And and then come back and, and show that I've grown or, or show that, you know, and like, man, I, I want to think about it and make sure that those preparations that I'm kind of filling those gaps with are actually going to work. And and then and then go prove it and then find something else because I don't want to just like, once you've proven that you can do it, doing it over and over and over again, to me, it seems like a waste of time and money and a good way for you to get stagnant and kind of become what I call like the Uncle Rico, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, You know, like, well, I mean, so many people are like, oh, I was badass back in the day. I did this back in the day. Like, oh, what do you do now? Oh, well, I was badass back in the day. Like, okay, you know, Brad, what do you do now? Like, I'm uh, you know and, and it's like, man, come on, dude. Like, I don't, I don't care what it is, but we should be, like, I feel like, but we're not here on earth very long. Like, we should be exploring things that are, like, fascinating interesting and exciting and then <clears throat> when you have a success you know, especially in something like shooting where it's completely meaningless and it's a tiny little community like why the fuck would you rest on your laurels and, and like you know want to keep doing the exact same thing you know I don't, I don't like shooters that much like, uh, like I don't want to keep exploring other options like you know and that, that's a, that's why I like like that, that evolution through all these different styles has been the, the driving Driving theme Of, of this She's like man If I keep fucking up I'm gonna keep doing it So I figure out How to not fuck up But as soon as I get Like a pretty good track record I gotta find another outlet And 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 then you look back And you see people Still doing that same old shit It's like How the fuck you know, like That's not rewarding to me Like just doing the Same fucking thing All the time You know like Hey yeah I've gotten really good it's Like awesome that, that's cool. I mean, there's there's monks and you know that that want to just do the same thing perfect, you know, for, for eternity. But, but but that's not that's not me. My, my thing is like grinding out the skill sets, and, and, and especially it has to be like real world skill sets. Um, like you know, guns are you know, you, I mean, you can shoot them inside, but but you know, like this is out outdoor. It's an outdoor skill set, and I'm all about outdoor skill sets. So you know, I feel like there's these signs in Colorado and, and um, when I met my, I have a good good climber friend of mine, you know, somebody asked him, because sometimes people are smart-ass about why they do stuff, right? But his answer, like, people are like, why, why do you use a rock climb? He's like, man, have you ever seen those, like, in case of flash flood, climb to safety signs? They're like, yeah. They're like, if there was a flash flood here now, could you climb up that wall? I'm like, no, okay. well then you'd be dead. And, and uh, you know, so, so, you know, but, it, but, but, but it's true. It's like, man, um, I want to, I want to feel like I understand, you know, I, I can't say that I can climb anything, but if I had to climb a building, you know, let's say there was a, you know, a, a apartment building and my kids were up on the fifth floor and it's burning on the inside, you know, I would like to feel like I could climb up the outside of that building and get my kids. You know, yeah. climb
1: down. But, I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up because this is actually something that I was actually planning on asking you if, if you do what you do for the same reason as one of the reasons why I do. But you you mentioned how shooting is a, is an outdoor activity, an outdoor skill set. Right. The, the operative <laughs> word is skill set. I feel yeah. One, the, one of the reasons why I I shoot. Um, I used to train uh, police canines and uh, personal protection dogs, working dogs, sport dogs, stuff like that. Dogs that bite, right, and track and detect bombs, drugs, everything. Uh, but in in shooting and now jujitsu uh, is, I, I just me. This is a personal conviction that I have as an American. I feel that every American. I would not even say American. I I feel every every man and woman should strive to be as deadly as they possibly can be within their physical ability and, and even mental ability. If everyone did that, if everyone was in some way, form, or fashion a threat and are, or were deadly in any situation they were in, whether it be hand-to-hand, whether it be a long-range, whether it be short-range, CQB, or fucking have a, a dog that's trained to literally maim somebody. I believe this world would be a lot more polite place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I really do. I believe because if I go, I'm not going to go flick this guy off if I feel that, hey, this guy could probably end my life in about 12 seconds. Or whatever. Right. right, right. I'm, I'm going to think twice. But, but you know, the flip side on. to that,
0: yeah. the flip side to that, though, is like if people all felt like that you flip them off, you're able to kind of blow it. You kind of like, you just shrug it off. Like, dude, when, when you're comfortable in your skin Absolutely. and you know you have the skills to handle yourself, if somebody flicks you off, A, it doesn't faze you. And B, you would be able to, like, you know, just kind of slap him and tell him, like, knock it off, dumb dumb. And, and you wouldn't feel like you needed to, it. like, go ape shit. It, like, wouldn't, it
1: wouldn't feel like you a threat. You wouldn't do
0: stupid shit. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, gonna- well, and you realize that by seeing the capability. Like, if you, so, you, you know, I've also been around working dogs and seeing the the hell that they can unleash on on mm-hmm. tissue. And it's like, you know what you're handling there. Like, you, you respect it and you know how to, like, not abuse what you're working with there in a way that, that I think, yeah, you're probably safer because you understand, you know, if you've seen a gunshot victim, you have an appreciation for what something like that can do, where somebody that just plays games with it, they don't quite understand like, well, you know, it did not work like that or, or, um, you know, it's messy or, or you know, all, all sorts of things. But But when you understand the reality of the system that you're operating in, and, and that includes, right, uh, I, I think more, I don't think of it as, a, as, like, deadly skills, but I think of it as, like, um, you know, being a, being an asset. Like, I know that, that, you know, if I needed to, I could throw you over my shoulders and I could get you to safety, and that safety could be miles, but, but I feel like I could do that, and I could, you know, if I had to fix you if you were injured, I could probably get you to higher health care, effectively i feel like if i needed to climb up something i could swim through something i could but those are all life skills that, that you know, based on the way i was raised and, and and my life history like and and that's kind of how, actually how how the shooting sport obsession came in you know there was a there's an event called the sniper adventure challenge and it's oh, yeah. pretty unique because it's got a diverse skill set and uh, that, that was my first shooting event you know and i um you know tom Fuller and his buddy Dave always went to it. And, and so like, but that tests a, a variety of, of skill sets, field skill sets. And one of those field skill sets is shooting. And, and it's like, man, I think it's one of the best entry level shooting events because, you know, it's, it, the shooting is not very hard, but, but it could be, but, but the event itself isn't graded it's based on your shooting ability. It's your overall ability to overcome unknown, um, unknown challenges in, in a, in a really broad and unusual context. And, it, it, you know, it's not, it's not gimmicky and, and silly, like some other snipper stuff, but, um, but it, it's real field, field skills. Like, can you navigate with a map and compass? Can you do first aid? Can you climb up rocks? Can you repel? Can you, uh, you know, walk around for a couple of days without sleeping? And, and can you procure your own water? And, and, and do you understand how to use your equipment in these scenarios? And I think that that, um, you know, that's what got me fascinated in the shooting sports. And, and then, you know, uh, Dave does, there's more pistol carving stuff. And so I got interested in that. My partner, he shoots more pistol carving stuff. So we do that. And then the bolt gun stuff, Tom was like, Hey, you should try some, you know, shooting competition stuff. And, and, and it always kind of falls back on how would this work in the field? And, and I think in the context of, of, uh, you know, like sniper adventure challenge, because when, when shit, you know, I, I don't, I don't think shit's ever going to hit the fan and, and I'm not a prepper and I'm not a doomsday kind of guy, but I do feel like, you know, if anything, when, when, when things go bad, they don't go bad for that long, but they're pretty intense. And so, you know, if, if, um, you know, you should be able to, to take care of you and your family and the people around you in a way such that you're an asset to them. And, and, and that's the whole shooting thing to me It's like, man, if you can't like effectively, hunt and clean and 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 prepare
1: preserve, food. preserve and prepare yes
0: yeah yeah like like you're missing out on on an element of of being a firearm owner that's very important in terms of its overall skill and then maintaining it understand how it works and being able to use it under stress and 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 that's why I like it. and it's so important to understand your capability and then that explore all of those weird options and people do really fucked up weird shit, you know, and like some of that is laying on their belly and shooting little steel targets, you know, But, but on the other hand, like, you know, some of but that's just one of those, you know, weird dimensions. And, um, and it's cool, but man, if you can't get your ass up and, you know, walk 10 or 12 miles, you know, carrying all your shit, um, maybe it's not something that I want to like spend a, a huge amount of time doing. I'll do it a little bit if it comes near me, but, but like, it's not that valuable to me. If you have to have a, you know, a 30 pound rifle mounted, you know, to a, you know, something, you know, in order, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I, I I would much rather work on the skill sets that would apply if I had to, you know, go Wolverines and shit, you know what I mean?
1: Well, it's like golf, but better. Um, and. I mean, this is coming from someone who played collegiate-level golf. um, But, yeah, it's to some people, it's their outlet. It's just instead of playing golf, which golf has zero translation to the real world, this is a game that does have closer – just even the guy on his belly shooting paper or steel at distance on end, like it would be an F-class shooter – um, at least that has some value to it. Where you know maybe that this that bowling does not or golf does not. Um, but it's yeah. it's, but if it's. You can hunt with a golf, and a golf club. Yeah, if you're you're a bad son of a bitch, if you can hunt with a golf club or a bowling ball. I mean, maybe get a tree stand yeah. and like you just wait. Have your have a corn pile at the base of your tree, and then you drop a bowling ball on a on a deer's head. I don't I don't know, but either way, you're cold blooded if you can fucking do that. I like it, but. It, you know, it's, uh, but to some people it's their, their weekend pastime and that's it where other people do it for reasons such as, you know, you or, or I like, I mean, I really got my start in shooting long range specifically, uh, from deer hunting where I would go to Kentucky to, to deer hunt, uh, whitetail out there. And really, I got, I found, I found myself to where if the deer was at two hundred yards or further, I was terrified to to make the shot. Don't mind you, you're shooting a Savage, what was it, a Savage one eleven in two seventy Winchester, and I mean the whole pie plate at a hundred was good enough for me. Um, I was terrified. I mean that anything further than two hundred yards, I've never had even the gall to. Take A shot past 200 yards, even hell, even, even at a target, much less uh, an animal, right? But I had a friend of mine who had a 7S, uh, yeah, 7STW that he had built. Now, mind you, he knows nothing, he knows that this is a badass cartridge. He has a, a BDC turret that was made for that load for his scope and all this stuff. Now, at the time, the motherfucker might have been Chris Kyle to me because he was shooting deer at 500, 600 yards. And I was like, well, I, I could literally double or triple my chances at seeing and or killing a deer if I feel comfortable shooting at that distance. So I was like, all right, well, let's, I went and bought a 300 Win Mag, a, a Remington Sendero, a Remington 700 Sendero, and 300 Win Mag. I was like, this will do it. And I started, you know, of course, going down the YouTube rabbit hole and, and stumbled across uh sniper's hide in like 2015 and back when it was at scout uh the Sniper's hide was, der- was during the scout days and it it really came to i was like all right well i'll see what i can learn from these competition guys these guys shooting this prs stuff but you know it's because i want to do it for hunting and then i was like all right well fuck yeah. it i'm doing all this i might as well go try and shoot my first match and then now it's become just as if not more important to me than hunting is And that came that that realization came to me, I think, a couple years ago when I was shooting a match, and I didn't even think about it. I looked at my fucking watch, and it was November 3rd. I was like, what the fuck? What am I doing here instead of in the damn woods? It's November 3rd. The first week of November is the worst time to be shooting a match, and that's when you need to be shooting whatever critter that you're hunting because that first week of November is fucking magic for elk, deer, anything, right? I, I need to be doing that right now. But it occurred to me that, shit, I have prioritized this competition shooting equal to greater than what got me into this competition shooting, what what planted the seed. And so now, well, am I the guy that's playing the golf for men, uh, you know, shooting long range or whatever? Well, maybe. But my intention was, and now, mind you, I gained that skill set. I mean, I can't tell you how many fucking does I shot last year over 500 yards, Um and And it was like nothing, and with a six creed board, you know it was like they're dead I've got three on my wall right now that I shot past four hundred yards um But the point is is that you know there are th- different th- different roads brought people to the same place, and you would yeah, you'd yeah. hope people would um, explore all of the different roads that they can take from that place right like kind of like what you're doing the sniper adventure stuff well guess what guess what you in tra- even in the training for that guess what skills that you are going to obtain like you said you're well obviously you better get in shape i mean who can who can argue with getting in shape whether you do this or not you know because america is a fat fuck country and we're you know we're on our cell phones eating goddamn McDonald's all fucking day drinking uh, a large Coke and a sweet tea or whatever. So I mean, and, and we're all got grease running through our arteries. So yeah, get healthy. Sure, that's great. Um, you know, all right. So shooting, I can use that for whether defense of family, defense of country, or you know, a source of food. You know, whatever. Like you said, sourcing water. Uh, all of this, all this stuff. Dude, these are all skills that i mean i think for the most part our forefathers probably had all of these skills well minus shooting at distance because musket and everything but all the other things they probably had a pretty good grasp upon that that's what a a well-regulated militia is i mean that's what that's well-regulated well right now we ain't well-regulated and this is and that's one of the things that allures me to all of these different things that I do um is to help supplement and to I guess prepare myself I hate using that word because it's so close to prep but you know what I mean because I'm not a prepper either but I'd rather have those skills and not need it rather than need it and not have them
0: right 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 and it takes time it takes a lot of time um and and uh but it's valuable and it applies to all sorts of things and and it makes you an asset and um, interesting to me. You know, my, you know, all my friends are diverse and, and, and have varied skill sets, you know, and coming together, you know, it's kind of fun, but, but I think it's too easy to get kind of pigeonholed and forget the bigger picture. But on the other hand, you know, like it's free country, do do whatever you want. But, but I think that with, with shooting, like, I think there's, a lot of room for growth and there's a lot of ways to appeal to people that that have guns but all have all those questions and i think that some of it is uh that there's like some cultural um
1: yes i was going to mention and that.
0: and you know i think there's some cultural barriers and i think there's some um, cost barriers and then exposure in media and that that's why it's like man i think there's room for everybody and if we if we find better ways to build a foundation that all sorts of different types of events and styles can grow from i think like man it's, it's going to be never ending fun and excitement um because you know whatever your skill set strengths are it's it's usually not very hard to find a weakness and then it'd be cool if there was an event that had those weaknesses that you could you could work towards and like if i imagine like um you know like a precision rifle national circuit you know, I I know some places they don't. You know, you don't have a choice but to have you know lanes and and cut out of trees and and low wind events. And Ge- it's like, just man, geographic you know, if,
1: limitations.
0: Right, right. But but if we if we divided the country up into geographic um, strengths and you know areas that had like maybe like eight styles, eight or ten styles or something like that, and say, okay, well this is going to be a low wind belly match. We're going to have tight targets, and you know you get your points for those matches in those locations. And then you have, you know, high wind positional matches. We have uh, locate range and engage matches. If you had all these like sub-disciplines isolated out so that they were kind of pure matches and then, you know, regionally, you could start dividing them like, okay, this is going to be, you know, one third belly, one third positional, one third, you know, something else so that that as people earn their way up, you know, you could kind of prove across the, the spectrum of skills rather than, you know, feel like, well, you know, you it's kind of luck of the draw. You, you know what I'm trying to say?
1: Well, yeah. That absolutely. Sense? And what, what would have to happen is though, it, it would have to be the same group of shoot. I mean, if you're going to group, or whatever the same shooters at all eight of those, like you said, eight broke them up in like eight regions or whatever. They, the same X amount of shooters traveled to each one of these. So it's the same guys and it, oh, almost like like what's going on right now the masters right no matter where you no matter where you live if you qualify for it they all have come to the masters to shoot i mean to, wait, not to, shoot, talking, to play golf Wait, i don't even know what that is no, no, oh yeah yeah, yeah, golf, yeah i'm yeah, like right. I'm just shooting <laughs> yeah no to uh no, the masters is to, you know for golf or whatever. the US Open those same people that were at the masters are going to the US Open too right or they'll go to the to uh, the European Open. So American shooters going to the European Open, right? For the most part, the same people are there, and they it's mm-hmm. if it's it, it has to be man. There's so many like stipulations that it, if it would if we had a culture that would promote it, and that way money would get behind it, it would the money would get behind yeah, it, yeah. it. Nothing would be impossible, right? I just think of like the AG yeah. Cup. Okay, so I will say Tom has done a, f- a phenomenal job with the AG Cup to get it as big as it, it is. It, it's, uh, is it's, he still involved with it? Yeah, sure. I he haven't
0: is. for a couple of years. Yeah, I followed the first one, but then after that, I kind of lost interest because I kind of felt like it turned into a like a. Ponzi scheme or something. Like, but maybe I got the wrong impression.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Maybe. But well, you had to pay a 1000 bucks, and then you had to go shoot all the PRS matches and the,
0: they weren't blind, but this I was supposed to be blind. And disagree. I was like...
1: Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with any of that, what you just said. Um, I think, uh, well, let's just so say, the idea, I signed the, up. Cup, the idea of the G-Cup. The idea of it. The idea that right? fucking awesome. Um, and
0: I, I'm not... I mean, I could be totally wrong, so I, I don't mind saying what, I, what I've been I was like, fuck, yeah, that seems sick. Like, I, I wanted to do it because I watched the first one, you know, and those guys are good. And I knew that, you know, I wasn't, I, I had no intentions of, of, like, winning. I was like, a blind precision rifle match is the shit, right? Yeah. And and it's a good measure of where your skills are. So I was like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to do that. So then it was like, okay, well, you got to pay to be a member of the, the PRS." Ah, fuck, all right, cool pay to be a member. Oh, you got to be pay to be a member of the AG Cup. Okay, fine. It'll pay your match fee. Great. Oh, now you got to do all these matches that aren't blind and you got to qualify for points. And I was like, well, And then I, someone told me like, well, you know, there, there's only like 30 or so people signed up for the AG Cup. So I thought, well, fuck that. I'm not going to spend six grand flying around the country trying to collect points when there's only 30 people because then we're all 30 going to get in. So I, then I didn't do any matches. Because um, I thought, that's bullshit. These aren't matches that have anything to do with the AG Cup. And, and then it turned out, they just invited fucking random yahoos to compete on top of the people <laughs> that paid to get in, and I didn't get an invite. So I was like, fuck that, dude. They, like, I feel like they robbed me. so, um, wait, so but I didn't yeah, shoot any of that. Right. I took a... a
1: the, exec- the execution. I'll say this. Aside from course of fire, just the th- everything you just mentioned that that side of it, the execution of that. I completely agree. Is it?
0: And I was gaming it like I paid the initial stuff, but when I heard there was only like thirty people signed up for it, oh well, fuck! Like we're all going to get in. Why would why would I waste my money? Like going around and like. You know, fucking. You to know, I, I just kind yeah.
1: of feel like little dick-dick games, like trying to, like you know, check like, yeah, them. Well, see, what, what in what the core and, issue is, Chris, with that, that whole aspect is trend. where does the money, where does the people that are doing it, right, the people that are putting it on, where is that money coming from? Now, let's say that it's this not whole, coming from the, the three or four matches that you have to do because
0: that stays at those matches. And then it's part of the payout of these. I mean, I took a three Oh eight, to the one of them, but, but I didn't pay the extra money for the. AG qualifier points. Cause I was just pretty much convinced that at the end of the year, because not that many people wanted to pay an extra thousand bucks with it. You know, like, you know, they guarantee their way. Of, whatever. I mean, you can, you can, you can predict a couple of people that are going to win it. Right. I mean, but, uh, but the idea of uh, blind matches is fucking awesome. And, and like, again, like I tried to game it by saving some money, not going around and doing a style that I wasn't particularly interested in. It was just funny because I'm going to do it right now. Um, I'm not in the AG because you know, they already got my thousand bucks last year or two years ago, whatever the fuck <laughs> that was. But, um, I'm not going to pay them jack shit. Uh, but, but the idea is fucking awesome. Yeah. And, and, and I like the idea of going to these matches, but I don't like the idea of just like being robbed in police. Cause it's already fucking too expensive to travel around. So why don't we do regional stuff that builds up and then we send our regional people and then have like those eight or nine sub disciplines that are all evenly distributed as you go up the tiers, but you have to qualify in each of those styles to get like across the board. Like to me, that seems like a really cool approach of saying like, look, Here's, here are some distilled styles and this match that you're going to is a, is a pure belly match. You know, it's all troop line, 20 stages of troop line. So we can figure out who the best troop line shooter is. Here's a, you know, this is pure barricade shooting and and this is pure locate range and engage. You got to deploy on the clock kind of stuff. And you get all these like pure styles and then we combine them. And then look across the board to say, all right, you know, who's the best overall shooter Is the person that could do all those styles, not the person that, you know, because mathematically now, because the, the, the pool is so small of shooters, if, if you gave me $50,000, it doesn't matter how good I am. I'm going to be top 20, right? Because I'm just going to go shoot a lot of matches. I'll get the points. I'll be top 20 for sure. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I can put that out there right now. If somebody offered me fifty thousand dollars, I would be top twenty in the PRS.
1: Well, it, it, yeah, that that whole thing goes it. to Dave Thomas's point when we are talking about like the PRS Mulligan debacle situation, or whatever. The, the, the whole PRS, I don't know what that the is. Whole, the whole PR, well, I've never been to a match that had a Mulligan ever. Um, but if the whole PRS itself is a Mulligan, the reason why the reason, his point was that very point you just made was that is if you can if you're a decent shooter and you have the means to shoot enough matches well they only take your top 3 scores right so right, you, can right. Exactly. you can eat you can eat a mile of cock at 10 matches but three of them you fucking shined then you right. are you're you're in the rankings of at top whatever you know what i'm saying so so literally every match is a mulligan match because as long as you've got the time the means, yeah so i mean yeah. but could you imagine if this imagine living in a world that we didn't have the stigma that is placed on us as as shooters or just uh, at shooting in general to where you could have Look, on ESPN or ESPN2, I have literally watched fucking Cornhole. Cornhole and fucking hatchet throwing, darts, all that dumb shit. You're trying to tell me that that is is appealing enough to you as a a, a media company to put on for advertisements and everything over... Someone shooting targets with a rifle at a thousand plus yards, and the dynamic moving on a clock, and all that stuff, and all that everything that we know as shooters, what we see and what we experience, and do. You're trying to tell me some dumbass motherfucker throwing a damn beanbag into a hole is going to bring you more money than that? Get the fuck out of here! But the problem is, is that no big advertising company or sponsor—that's the big one—sponsor will touch it because they feel like it is political fucking suicide. But could you imagine a day where you turn on ESPN and you see Phil Vallejo fucking ripping on a barricade? Like, that would be, I mean, we made it, right? We as as a, a group. Well, I think we could do it. I actually I
0: believe wholeheartedly that we could, but we'd have to accept some changes to how we, compete shooting you know like I think that, that biathlon has some appeal I think you could combine you know I, I, I just think that the shooters that control the competition circuits now are the are the, the people that run that kind of stuff they're, they're the real issue as to why we can't because you have to redesign
1: 100% styles that are fun to watch yeah I, I, I do agree I mean, with that so you know you, you who wants to, have to have... watch the fucking fat middle-aged male lay there and
0: shoot the fucking something, you know, and i be like, no way fuck me. Like, dude, that's not fun to watch at all. Like, I, I like watching shooting videos, but we would have to redesign something. And it doesn't mean that it wouldn't be marksmanship or it wouldn't be hard, but it would have to have some um, sports-like qualities and, you yeah. know like no, I, right get, now, I, I get exactly sports, yeah, an
1: athletic sports. aspect to the to the sport
0: yeah, it has to be a little bit exciting and it has, and it has to be something that people can relate to um, but we totally I mean I think absolutely a hundred percent you can have really engaging TV shows that have shooting or toward or competition um and and I think that you know, culturally, even though we're different than a lot of Europe, like, shit, Babylon's like one of the one of the top watched things on TV in the winter.
1: Well, no, it's um, Norway. Well, shooting in general is Norway's uh, most popular sport, like shooting sports. That's their. I mean, the Irs is what football, baseball, basketball. I don't fucking know. Um, well, sh- shooting but, but, but in we could we should come up with something you know, you just gotta, it just
0: gotta have a little bit of appeal. And there's some people now that, 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 um, I, you know, that beats the shit out of me, but, but I, my guess is it's not, you know, I, I mean, I kind of grew up in the climbing world and climbing has kind of gone through some metamorphosis from an outlaw activity to pretty mainstream. And, and that metamorphosis, I think could be applied to the shooting sports, but I think that, that there's a, a barrier to that is some of the people that um, control some of the media and, and the outlet, the, the, the ranges. And that doesn't mean it can't happen, but, but uh, you know, it I, would I, be I cool, think, I think, to have more I biathlon think, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think, look, this just laying it all out there, I feel that, as far as the potential of could someone make it work and make it happen and make it popular? Absolutely, fucking lutely Yes. There, I've never had that doubt. My only doubt is it won't happen because of uh, hesitancy in our culture with all the fucking... Look, these rifles of ours are too close to fucking scary, you know, black guns that, you know, whatever, you see, oh, oh, sniper rifles, you know, think about the DC sniper and all that shit, which his shots were like 100 fucking yards. Um, but you get you know what I'm saying? They're so. I don't, I think I don't totally agree. Stick, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Believe me, I hope you're right. Shit, that would be fucking awesome. I, if I think we're that there's state. local minority. Oh, they're always the loudest. The, the, the minority is always the loudest, you know, and then the rest of us and, just and, kind of fucking and, take it and shut up.
0: And I mean, I'm I saying like I think I think there's a vocal minority, not not like minority like ethnicity. I no, think no, that, no, no, that's what I'm talking about. There's a very about. vocal yeah, minority yeah. Sure. because I've, I've you know a lot of a lot of climbers and, and, and athletes that I'm exposed to in kind of my other life are they're not necessarily can't be guns, but once you start talking to them, they're interested in shooting. They're interested in hunting. They're interested in uh, all sorts of things or they have stories that their family does it and you know that they're a little hesitant on how to get into it because you know if they go to their local gun shop the people are culturally so different than them they don't know how to you know and and then when they do look up gun sports you know you got these fat guys in like road cycling outfits doing three guns right like <laughs> that's why i won't i refuse to wear a jersey like what the fuck, dude? Like, you may as well be trying out for, like, the lose team or something. Like, people are wearing these crazy-ass... Ass, and it's like, what the hell does that have to do with... aerodynamics? Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> wear one of those fucking cycling hats. Like, I mean, there's some really fucking weird-ass shit, you know, and it's like, what the fuck, you know? Um, think about it. Like, if you take, like, the shooting community and, like, you go into Boulder and some, like, hippie store shooters are going to be appalled by like you know these smelly dreadlocks you know hippies wearing their self-made clothes and stuff like that and and it goes both ways like I don't I don't think it's so much it's just how you communicate and show them like man this is pretty cool like and then like the sniper adventure challenge if you had drones and footage people would follow that shit like a motherfucker like you know like some kind of great adventure race With guns, you'd have to make Like some pretty wild and crazy You know, stages and stuff like that But who wouldn't like that And um You know, people love trap shooting Shot. I I think multi-gun stuff Has a huge future And I think a huge appeal, like if you could have Like a 22 like bath On a mountain bike And um Like obstacle courses with staged Firearms and shit like that Where you could see people um, you know, doing a bunch of stuff and then highlighting the skill involved. I mean, the world's our oyster, you know, we can make whatever adventure we want. We just got to convince, we got to try it out and then see if people will vote with their wallets.
1: Yeah. It's, right? see if it's viable. And, and then, and then put that in front of someone with their wallets. Right. So, but we, I think the worst thing the is being afraid to try it.
0: Right. Yeah. Like, that's what that's what I think it's crazy. Like in shooting, it's like you come in and you're like, "Man, this would be cool." People are like, "What? That sounds crazy." I'm like, fuck, let's just try it. Like, why the fuck not? Like, well, because we do things this way. Why do you do it that way? I don't know. It's just the way we always do I think this would still be fucking cool, so I'm going to do it this way, and and then people start like paying attention. So I, I think that more shooters want that stuff, and the only reason I say that is because I get like 200 fucking messages a day and emails about things because I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I'm curious about things being different. So other people have to feel that way. Right. And, and, and other people want cool events and, or they'll, they'll share like, Hey, my, you know, there's this cool running gun thing here locally. And it's pretty small, but you know, we want you to come out to try this because it seems like you'd be a good fit. And, and it's like, man, dudes are doing that from Norway and Sweden and France and South Africa and Australia. Like, man, if I, if I could afford it, I'd be flying all over the world, trying these shooting events that people are sending me info on that, you know, it might not, might not work here with the PRS crowd, but globally, people are doing some really fucking cool ass shit that will be amazing to grow. and, 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 and it's like, Either people are afraid to talk about it openly, or they just don't know that they're happening. You know, like um, all the biking sniper shit that's going on, and I I, I don't know, man. Some of the sniper competitions that um, are more more tactical kind of sniper competitions, like that's a weird blanket term that I think is a little bit silly. And I agree, but but like the massive target quick speed of engagement, um, like speed drop kind of blasting thing. There's some, I think it's called the WTRC. Um, I haven't done it, but I've I've heard it's it's cool, like the Burris Team Challenge for competition dynamics where you have a carbine and a bolt gun and a pistol, but you're shooting like 300 rounds a day for three days. You're running like seven or eight miles. Like, just shooting Lots of targets running and gunning and shooting precision and pistol and all, all these cool like and they're just these little outlaw things that don't get a whole lot of media because a lot of guys just don't like Facebook and Instagram but they have these like cult following they sell out with hundreds of shooters and um you just don't hear about them unless you say something and people are like oh dude like there's this secret group you gotta be a part of but there's this thing and it's like dude the world would love a lot of this stuff, but they're for they're, they're afraid of being intimidated or threatened by like, you know, somebody's henchman who threatens to like beat everybody up if they don't like step the line and stuff like that. Like, which is pretty funny. Like, okay, if your dad can beat my dad up, all right, right, like,
1: you know, I, think, I think the key, okay. I think the key to it, Chris, is a requirement has to be, is this appealing to a non-shooter. Like, you're flipping through channels. Like, you've never fired a gun in your life. Maybe you did with your dad when you were a kid or you had a BB gun or something like that. You're flipping through channels. You don't want to watch, you know, another episode of Friends. And you run across and you're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And then, like, oh, shit, I like this. This is cool to watch. Like, the non-shooter. It's not just, of course, the shooting enthusiasts people like us, we would enjoy that because it's well, it's what kind of what we do, right? But it has to be appealing to the to the uneducated and to the to the non-shooter because uh, I mean, someone's going to you know fucking send me hate mail for keep bringing up jujitsu and this, but so it's jujitsu has never been in as far as competitive jiu-jitsu, has never been uh, super big in the media in worldwide media in. In respect of, I mean, comparison to uh, say any other big sport that you will see on TV, right? Like the IBJJF, which is the the biggest uh, competition circuit. It's the International Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Federation. Uh, in fact, Pan Pan's is going on right now. Pan America is going on right now. So, it's the second largest jiu jitsu tournament in the country. People from all over the world are here. The best in the world are are down in uh, down in Florida right now. My teammates. Are down there, that I that I train with every week. They're down there right now. Uh, I had two take gold on Wednesday, one took silver, and I've got three more competing tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's fucking awesome, right? But it's all, well, there is no gi, but mostly it's gi. You're in the gi, right? Now, to the non-educated uh, viewer, they don't get the gravity of, one little move that is done to where people who do do jiu they're like, Oh shit. Like I know what's about to happen. He just passed his guard to the non-educated. They're like, what, what do he do? Like, I don't get it. What's, why is that big? Why is that important? Right? Well, there's a company called flow grappling. They have a series. It's called who's number one. And it's all nogi. And they have changed the rules up to make it more palatable for a viewer. So they're they're trying to take jiu-jitsu on like a UFC level, right? Well, what's why does UFC work or why does mixed martial arts work and jiu-jitsu doesn't? Well, because even the biggest dummy on the in the world can watch an, a a mixed martial arts fight and uh, appreciate the violence, right? It's literally Everyone knows what a punch is. Everyone knows what a kick is. They see a guy get their teeth knocked out or blood going everywhere, uh, and then okay, he's strangling them now. That that looks bad for that guy. Cool, I get that, right? So that's that's more palatable to the non-practicing like martial artists, right? Whereas, let's say in shooting, you know, we know if we if he dropped one off of an edge, or you, I don't even know of an example, but you know what I'm saying, we would understand the minutiae of what's going on, whereas maybe the uneducated to that, to to shooting, wouldn't understand the minutiae, right? You have to have a sport to where the uneducated or the ignorant of said subject, said sport, can appreciate the good and the bad of what's going on. So it it has to be palatable to the non-shooter for it to ever be mainstream successful, I think. Like, as far as uh having a future in television or whatever right you have to be that's why I like throwing hatchets and fucking cornhole i guess is successful you know oh he hit the bullseye no he didn't he threw a hatchet from 12 feet away all right did the did bag go into the fucking hole no it didn't so he fucking missed right or whatever point system is easy to figure out it, it, so people it,
0: are pretty familiar. I mean, look at the popularity of like Fortnite and video games like that. Like the fucking old fat lady down the road probably plays Fortnite, yeah, and and yeah. you know, it, it, there's bazillions of people. So I don't think that they're not as familiar. I just think that the the outlets they're just not as like um, accessible or palatable, and in, 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 in terms of you know, but I, but I do think that plenty of kids and adults probably know and appreciate marksmanship. It's just not what they see when they look up competition.
1: That's yeah. What they, right. So and, that and I can relate to that. Right. Like, and that's what I'm getting at is that I do think it's possible. I do. I mean, w- w- all that whole spiel I just gave was not a, a, my proof of it won't work. It's saying that that's what we've got to overcome. And I think it can be done. I think we can set a format or a course of fire or ha- whatever we can. It can be done. Maybe people much smarter than me, they can do that. And to, to where I think we can achieve that to where the, the uninitiated in, in this sport, the uneducated in this sport, they can, I mean, it's cool. Just think about it. When, if anyone asks me, he's like, do you shoot? Like what kind of shooting do you do? I'll say, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's long range. We shoot long range, and we shoot off of different stuff, and it's fast. And well, how long? Like three hundred yards? Well, no, like a thousand. Most times we have ta- targets up to a thousand. Most places, but you know, we can shoot out to twelve hundred. and Depending on where you are, you might go out to a mile. Like, are you fucking serious? That's possible. Like that is awesome. You can hit something a thousand yards away. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, yeah that's not yeah, yeah. and so i, I but, that, but the interest is there it, but you got for television yeah. it's got you you got to have the format the format right to where it's successful and has a, and has a future right and i think it's very yeah. doable but, but like look at
0: like okay, you could say a lot about like the uh, actors and all that stuff but, but people vote with their wallets and movies with guns make a lot of money.
1: John Wick. People
0: aren't never. I mean they're getting guns in all sorts of movies and they make plenty of money. So if people are really that appalled by firearms, they wouldn't spend money to watch movies no. that have guns in them. They wouldn't the spend majority. money on video games that have right. guns. So Absolutely. I, I think that I think we're asking the wrong question. Like in and you know I think that Evidence suggests that people are more comfortable than, you know, people want. that. You know, I think people paint folks out in the camps and, and um, you know, the anti-gun people could make a lot of noise. That's the problem. If, the little, if, the if they were that people. convincing, though, but if they were that convincing, movies wouldn't, there wouldn't be so many movies with guns. There wouldn't be so many video games with guns. So it, maybe it's mad. Maybe it's not what we think it is, you know? And, and it could just be that the delivery of the mechanism. You know? If It's like, well, um, you know, there's more people that do BJJ than Ultimate Fighting or whatever, right? Yeah. So even though that Ultimate Fighting might be more fun to watch on TV, more people participate in BJJ because there's gonna be skill and you don't have to get beat up it. You could, you could, you could technically probably vote and learn how to do it and get a good workout, but not so you know, I have to explain if they have a black eye Right. they're missing a tooth, right? Yeah. So if, like, if, that I, happens,
1: I if that happens, it's an accident where in mixed martial arts or any type of striking martial art, if you're actually striking somebody, uh, then it's an inevitability, yep. right? I've come home with black eyes. I've come home with busted lips, uh, busted up knee, um, yeah, I've injuries, but I could get a lot of those same injuries playing pickup basketball. Right. But whereas in, in, in any real, like, either mixed martial arts, like it's inevitability. I can go, me and you could roll, do, we, me and you could do jujitsu right now and go a hundred freaking percent. Against, God damn it. Fucking phone. He was starting to kind of cut out anyway. Hopefully it starts ringing. yeah yeah you cut out again um yeah what i what i was saying is that we could go a hundred percent against each other and us go home we could go to the bar afterwards and no one would know what we were just doing right Right, whereas me and you started beating the piss out of each other we're going to the hospital probably i mean you know we got teeth knocked out black eyes swollen you know blood everywhere broken nose that's the difference but yeah right. I, I agree so and I also agree that the actual viewing public would would welcome this sport if if put in a correct format where it would be entertaining I, the, right. the viewing public would would uh, they would <laughs> vote with their wallets yes my only <laughs> my only thing to that is it's not they're not the ones I'm worried about the viewers aren't the ones I'm worried about it's that small minority that hold co- big corporations uh, hostage. They're doing it right now in Florida. They're, they're doing it to Disney. All the virtue signaling that Oreos, Oreos just came out with a commercial about coming out of the closet and how Oreos supports that. I mean, so do I. Great. If you're gay, fucking tell everybody. I don't give a shit. But the fact that Oreos felt the need to to a virtue signal – to appease a small minority of these loud uh, uh, people, uh, complainers and or whatever, telling that they're basically trying to hold their corporation hostage, like we will boycott, we will do this if you don't put out a commercial, you know the LGBTQ, you know hashtag uh, exclamation point squared people, right? It's yeah. so that that's my that's my only hangup is that. That's the the biggest obstacle is, is that. Which, but I we could come up
0: with another medium. Like, if you did it on YouTube, like, think about like Joe Rogan and podcast. Like, oh, he yeah. said, "Fuck it!" Like, I'm gonna do this. Like, there's a way to do it where it would be supported by the shooting world, and and, and then it would, you know, potentially splinter out. I mean, um, there, there's plenty. Like, I mean, there's there's some shooters that have you know high attendance or what a high view. You know YouTube stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I think yeah. there's, I think there's ways to think outside the box. Like, yeah, you might not have it on regular TV channel, but but man, regular TVs not as influential as other things. And it'd be cool to get it on the well, like mainstream or ESPN media YouTube.
1: versus versus Joe Rogan. Like he he gets more downloads than they than like MSNBC, ABC, and C, uh, CNN have combined. I mean, yeah, you know but it just has yeah, to be
0: palatable to a viewer. Like, if it's Absolutely. available for somebody to watch online or watch on their phone, like, man, that that has a, you know, then it just says fuck it. Like, you know, we don't need big corporate sponsors. We can do this grassroots and build it up from you know you user subscriptions and, and and things like that. You know, I do think that it's important for people to. That's why I always say on my podcast, like, and you, you know, if you subscribe to Riflecraft you're supporting the podcast, you're supporting the website, you're supporting everything that we're going to be working towards producing by, by just saying like, you know, for the cost of like a few drinks a month, like you're saying I'm voting with my wallet because I want more stuff like this. And it's, it's not so much that most people would even notice, but over time, like that makes a big difference. And and that's way cooler than getting a sponsor, like, um, you know, whatever, you know, that, that, that you don't really want to take their money. But if you're trying to support, you know, something, and, and, um, you know, I I think that there's there's a lot of creative ways that you can solve that problem, and I do think that that, I think a media outlet with, like, you know, cool things that people are doing with firearms is going to be kind of what saves shooting from the... The mobs. Populate, yeah, because, but I think there's a couple things... You know, to me anyway, like the red flags are uh, there's 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 sections of the firearm community that, that like bench and they that
1: is changing scared. Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit, Chris. Uh i just five minutes and yeah, you're I can barely barely hear you, um Chris see get somewhere where if I don't know if you're still driving or not get somewhere where you're coming in a little bit clear. Um
0: yeah, can, can I um can we just pause like can we pause the recording for 5 minutes when I get cuz I'm in a deep canyon.
1: Uh well, and I'll, honestly we're 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 2 hours and 20 minutes into it. So, I mean, we could so. <laughs> Look, we need to do a we need yeah. a, we need to do an episode 2. Like, we'll, yeah. we need – you. Know, I'd def, I would love to have you because I would love this conversation and I'd love to have you on again. Um, but, hey, bottom line, look, September 24th and 25th is the Road to Redemption match. And, Chris, I want you – you you know, we talked about it. I think Chris is going to be coming here and shooting the match with me. And I'm, I'm hosting Chris. And I think we're going to have a good time at that match. He, this will be his first East Coast match. And I think it's a good one for him to shoot too. So, there's going to be a lot of good shooters there. Uh, and i'm i'm sure I it. it's going to be a, a great course of fire um so i'd love to come out yeah dude that'd okay, be awesome yeah you got it so i mean w- whenever you book your fucking flight bro uh and it's it's here so as soon as as soon as it's time to shoot i'll come pick you up from the airport and uh we'll get you squared away we'll have a great time dude and and of course we'll we'll, we'll record a live podcast when you're here um we'll, I'll we'll definitely, you, yeah we'll definitely do that and uh, with some cold drinks so uh, but chris look dude um hey riflecraft.com riflecraft with a k um uh, .com subscribe uh i've done it i've subscribed uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, and happily did so so um you guys hey he's got a store he's got t-shirts for sale he's got a bunch of different designs now um i've got t- your t-shirt here with me chris so i'm sending you a just Evan Senate podcast t-shirt um but okay. oh yeah
0: you got to text me your address
1: I th- okay, yeah, I'll text it to you, and uh, I've got, I think, I don't know if you sent me yours or not. I don't think you sent me yours, um, but make sure you do the same. Uh, but, dude, Chris, thanks for coming on, dude. This was a last-minute impromptu thing. I really appreciate you coming on. I think this is a great episode.
0: <laughs> it's, fun to, it's fun to chat, man. Yeah. yeah, I think we can probably talk like a lot more straight.
1: I agreed, and I just, I think my, my listeners would, would kill me if I did that, if, if I hit record button and we did that. So, um but, yeah, look, hey, but we could make it more <laughs> Yeah, dude. Look, I want you to go skull drag everybody this weekend at the match of cameo, dude. Yes unlikely.
0: Unlikely. Uh, but it's gonna be fucking awesome.
1: My money's it's on It's a beautiful you, weekend. My money's on you, brother. You there? I think we lost Chris. Well, this is a perfect time to uh Going in the podcast, guys. Look, sorry about the interruptions. He, hey, I kind of figured when he's driving around in, um, driving around in Colorado that this was a possibility to happen. So, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I think it had some great content. I enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we got some more podcasts coming around the corner. Um, and we're gonna have some stuff coming that you guys are gonna like. Don't forget about the t-shirts. If you want one, uh, send me an email. It is just fn send it pc. At gmail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Catch y'all on the flip.